Welcome back, everybody. Well, you didn't go anywhere. I did. I'm back. And yet we were still present, ever present on the road with our board. And there's amazing, amazing interviews that, well, I'll tell you how to get a hold of them, but we got a show to do today. Our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health are back. Not that they ever went anywhere. TrinitySchool.org. Uh, we've got Tanya Hilliard joining us in hour one. Then hour two, five times August. Amazing singer-songwriter who is not afraid to speak out about things that would get him canceled. And calling out even Dolly Parton on her stance, calling us cowards or whatever for not getting jabbed. And uh, Scott Adams, you know the cartoonist Scott Adams? Wow, he has a major mea culpa. We'll talk about that as well. Also, a friend of mine being accused by the feds of conspiracies, and he's been indicted. Why? Because he's basically trying to help Jews out of Nazi Germany before they're slaughtered. I'm going to explain that to you when we come back from this brief opening to today's Robert Scott Bell Show, January 23rd, 2023. Let's get this healing party started now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. So I'm in the midst of uh, an amazing weekend in Nashville or outside of Nashville, Tennessee at the Reawaken America Tour. Uh, we're in this media house uh, and just it's loud, it's cacophonous, it's just there's all kinds of excitement ha- coming through, people being interviewed, people interviewing people. And I, I get this, I, I don't get this thing, but you know, everyone's like, you check your phone for, for things. And there was this message that came through on uh, Instagram, Instagram. You can follow me at Instagram. It's uh, ask RSB. And it was from someone I didn't know claiming they were from vice magazine or vice, whatever the online, you know, rag is vice, very leftist oriented, not a fan of, of freedom per se. I don't know who this guy is. And he's like, I want to talk to you about this group in Utah. Like, I don't know what, what, what is this all about? And so I had my buddy, Kevin, check him out. And he's, you know, he's, uh, this guy's an, uh, a reporter for vice anyway, come to find out. It's like, I'm, I'm just scratching my head going, why are they contacting me? Well, now I know why, uh, the New York post and many other media outlets are reporting that a Utah plastic surgeon. Again, these are the allegations, the claims, according to a federal uh, indictment, uh, claiming that uh, Kirk Moore uh, had uh, sold fake COVID vaccine cards. And uh, apparently, again, allegedly, injected some children with saline shots at the behest of the parents of those children. And, you know, to give them the so-called COVID jab, uh, appearance of a COVID jab. Now, this is, you know, this is a rather intriguing story just in its own right. The fact that I know this man personally is, uh, I guess that's the reason they were trying to reach out to me, much less know the group that they're probably referring to. And as I read into this article, uh, this is, again, according to Utah's state, U.S. State Attorney's Office, uh, the, you know, basically one of the federal uh, courts. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to scroll down here to see some of the other things that he said. He's a board-certified surgeon. 
And uh, they said his neighbor is involved. And they're members. Oh, this was it. This is the point. And, and they are members of a secret organization that seeks to liberate the medical profession from government and industry conflicts of interest. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible agenda. Is, are, is anybody opposed to that agenda? Much less, is it really a secret organization? I mean, I ask you this question in all sincerity. Let's say if you said, hey, there's this organization that's seeking to liberate the medical profession from government and industry conflicts of interest. Would anybody go, ooh, nefarious, ooh, bad news. Oh, man, we got we to gotta do some investigation. Maybe we can put plant an FBI mole in that organization because, my gosh, if they ever eliminated the conflicts of interest that government and industry posed to, to, to physicians, wow, the world would come flying off. You know, you, wow. So I asked Super Don to do some investigation here to find out, is this organization truly a secret organization? <laughs> and if so, why would, why would they have me as a member? Because I'm not very secretive. Mm. I, I'm out here on the air two hours a day plus six days a week. Yes. And uh, well, what'd you find, my friend? What'd well, you find? I, I contacted my, uh, my friends over at MI6. Okay. Uh, and UK and, Health Radio connected, of course. Yeah, and they got me this super secret mm -hmm. uh, uh, website, access to this website here called the Health Independence Alliance. Oops, wait, I've mentioned them before. Oh, yeah. Well, you did what? You just like inadvertently let it slip out. Had you been injected with truth serum? Truth serum. Clearly, it was. Is, is that what it was? That got me to release the name Health Independence Alliance, which is not a secret organization. Uh, it actually has a website for all the access. <laughs> did you get the double secret password to get in, Superdon? I get did. In? They have this, uh, this tab that you can click on over here. Go full screen on um, that. Show everybody yeah. how secret this is. And um, show you how accurate the mainstream, look, even the New York Post is. They have yeah. a Gmail uh, email address there, apparently. You can contact them directly. You can contact yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and it says what we do. What we do? What, what do they do? Gosh, they must be, it must be a bunch of cloak and dagger stuff here. Yeah. Uh, they have conferences. Wait a minute. Yeah. Do, I guess secret conferences, I guess. Right. Well, there, I don't see the word secret anywhere. There's no secret there. Yeah. Um, they have discussion groups. Well, look at that separation from the state. Oh, that's gotta be a secret. What does it say oh, there? Boy, medical professionals from the organization would contribute their opinions. Uh -huh. as Send a voice to the officials of the government and would strive for greater freedom to practice medicine by obtaining exemptions through law. Whoa, you mean they're actually law? utilizing the law? They, they're oh. not outlaws? What's going on here? Interesting. How about separation from industrial profit? That's got to be a secret That below that. Uh, let's see. The organization shall pursue methods of fundraising. Uh, I'm sure they must be. What, what are they selling? Like uranium to, the, to uh, <laughs> terrorists or something? Right. Yeah. Not not only for its own activities, but also for its members in a way that removes the ability of financial special interest to direct the organization. Uh, this aims to serve as an alternative to both the current insurance system as well as the older out-of-pocket methods. Really? They're trying to make healthcare <sighs> affordable and egalitarian and not conflicted with uh, economic yeah. and political interests? How oh, outrageous. This is clearly a domestic terror organization. I mean, what kind of absurdity? Look, the New York Post, and, you know, we talk about the Post. They, they aren't the leftist of leftist-leaning rags, are they? They tend to be more conservative in their yeah. coverage, yeah. a little bit more, I say, fair and balanced. But, and here they are 
throwing an absolute hit piece at an organization that's not only not secret, it's probably something that both people on the political left and right would agree with. Yeah, let's get the you know, conflicts of interest out of medicine. Make it affordable for people. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What do you think? And learn more at this public uh, uh, website. Right. And, and, and uh, should you want to come down to the public library where we're having a meeting, Yeah, uh, come on down. So now we got this guy. Again, I know him personally. He's a nice man, a kind man, a caring man. And, you know, someone that has been, you know, I believe outraged, as we all have, with the restrictions on freedom, the forceful, the mandates, all of that, the restrictions on freedom. Uh, yet I know nothing of these so-called allegations. I personally do not. But I, I'm just like, here's my perspective on it. Let's say for the sake of argument, and I'm not, I'm not giving them that argument, the feds, because you know how they make stuff up all the time. They throw everything on the wall to try and get you to, to plead deal or something. I don't think this is going to go well for the feds. This is my personal experience and, and, and my perspective here. And I'm going to say it this way. Because I see organizations and people coming to this man's defense and calling him a hero before they know what's really going on. If this man indeed did what they claim he did, what the feds are claiming he did in this indictment, he's a hero, not a criminal. And now the public relations campaigns that was always successful just by the snap of a finger, the PR campaign would say, hey, noted anti-vaxxer doctor faked you know, uh, uh, COVID vaccine cards gave saline to kids instead at the behest of the parents. And, you know, in the, at the, it, it, let's say at the beginning phase of, of the COVID controversy, like in 2020. Yeah, they would have won the PR battle hands down. It's like, oh, outrageous. Arrest this man. Put him away behind bars. He's a criminal. He's horrible. Those things would have happened at the beginning. Now, three years later. And I would have to say, if not the vast majority, the majority believe that these jabs are criminal, that they don't work and that they're only bringing harm and suddenly died to the consciousness, to the fore. And I liken this again, based on if the allegations are true, then this man will be heralded in real time as a hero, not 10 years or 20 years from now, but in real time, because when we look at the Germans who hid the Jews so that they wouldn't be sent to camps or killed, or help to underground railroad them out of Germany to safety, were those Germans not violating the law and the regulations at the time of the Third Reich and its rise? Could you not say that they violated some law, rule, or regulation? And at the time, would they have been imprisoned or shot by government? Was there popular opinion that said, oh my gosh, those people are horrible, evil, they're harboring you know, illegals, they're harboring criminals, they're harboring pariahs. These Jews must be taken out, rooted out, etc. And you look at what this man is alleged to have done, if true, to violate certain regulations or laws under pandemic, uh, you know, states of emergency, which violate fundamental constitutional limitations on government action and behavior. And at the behest of parents, he injected, a, allegedly, children with saline instead of the COVID jabs that might have ended up harming them permanently or killing them. Is that even an argument? No, we know of those injuries. In fact, I have participated in a documentary film called Utah Safe and Effective that will be released very soon. 
which includes young people who have been injured, severely injured. And of course, you all have seen by now, hopefully anecdotals and many other stories in the mainstream news of drop dead, died suddenly, kids, youths, teens, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, high-level athletes in their prime. And what would you say if you heard of a physician who at the behest of the parents that were worried about their children, yet their children were being forced to do the shots in order to stay in school, to go to school, to participate in life, to travel. And the, the parents said, can you please do this for, for me, for my kids, so that they are not harmed or killed, but yet they can participate in life. And a doctor said, yeah, I do no harm. I first do no harm, and I will do no harm, and I will work with you because the doctor-patient sacred relationship and do that, yet the, the government would say, oh, you violated the law. You've stolen our property. You've destroyed our property. It's like property that should never uh, have, have been in existence to begin with based on constitutional law. But states of emergency, yeah, th that law is thrown out. Remember, the rule of necessity knows no law. So what we're seeing now is the rise of the pushback as the feds used to have it all in. They owned every aspect of the media. And now the New York Post are more conservative, saying it's a secret organization. Right there, you must call into question everything because if they get that one so horribly, embarrassingly wrong, what else is wrong about the reports of this man, Kirk Moore, Dr. Moore? He's a hero if indeed he has done what they allege that he has done. And he should be lauded and other doctors should absolutely endeavor to be as kind and loving and do no harming as this physician if indeed what was said is the case. Now, I'm curious as to what you're thinking and seeing and feeling about this. When you saw this story, if you're just seeing it for the first time, review it. It's not just on the New York Post. Everybody's picked it up. I think even Fox News has, accusing this man of crimes. Yet what he has done, to me, is tantamount to saving the Jews, the gypsies, and the gays that would have been sent to slaughter otherwise under the Nazi German regime. Did he really commit a crime if, if it's true what they say? No, I believe the criminals are the ones doing the accusations. The criminals are the ones who do not remove a state of emergency that they cannot remove because therefore they would have to backtrack and then all of the injuries and all of the deaths might be, ha might be uh, on their heads to account for, which it is in a spiritual sense. Super Don, I, you know, I ask you, uh, you know, every time we, we go back into uh, analogies relating to the Third Reich and Nazi Germany, people say, well, that's a little bit extreme. It's a little bit of exaggeration. But I look at the deaths that are occurring to innocent people, adults and children, and you go, mm, the only difference is the government in this case is pretending to help these people and protect them and want, to, want them to live. Whereas in Nazi Germany, they, they weren't under that pretense. I don't believe at the same time. I mean, that's really the only distinction I can make because the end result would be injury, death, uh, dismemberment, enslavement to a life of, of, of just, you know, the debacle that is an injury to this jab that we've witnessed, we've, we've previewed, we've, we've featured. I, I, what is your first impression here? Because you don't know this guy. You didn't know. We didn't, we've talked about this group. I mentioned it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I like you. I'm kind of shocked at the uh, the way that this was written in the New York Post because 
generally speaking, in my experience, they don't normally go after people like this. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I would have to look more at who this author is. But um, yeah, first off, to call it a secret organization, that's just, you know, it's like, obviously this person that wrote this article did not do any homework about or even look into who this, you know, why would they use that type of description? Unless they're trying to either a they're stupid, lazy, uh, or they're purposely trying to make this oh it, it's just something it's so that, easily, embellishing the story for effect, right? So easily falsifiable. The it's claim, dumb. Right? I mean, you just the- you, you 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 just type it in there, it pops up. So anyway, um, what out of out of the article? Because I was curious, what are they charging these guys with, right? So the uh, it says here the team as well as the medical office was charged with conspiracy to defraud the U.S. I don't know, you know, obviously they they had to come up with something to justify that mm-hmm. uh, conspiracy to convert, sell, convey, and dispose of government property. Now, from what I understand, what it says anyway in the article was that they uh, they just disposed of the vaccines, just you know, down the drain, which is uh, uh, the appropriate thing to do. <laughs> Maybe and maybe then, the hazardous waste guidelines that would be better, but but right, right. And then they, they gave the shot with the, the saline. Uh one of the other charges, uh conversion, sale, conveyance, and disposal of government property and aiding and abetting. They say in the article that they charge fifty bucks for uh a vaccine card, or yep. they uh asked for donations to a specific charity. Um, so, I mean, there's little details and stuff like that, that I, I think when, when this was done in the moment, you know, uh, you wouldn't look at it and go, Oh, that's, that's bad. But from a legal standpoint, yeah, you know, when, when these guys come up with these charges, they, they do everything they can to try and come up with as many charges as they can. Well, when, against, when they end up in court, it's going to end up being something smaller than this, but yeah, it course, sounds but impressive, right? The C word is always the word they use. Conspiracy too. conspiracy. Right. Conspiracy. So here's the other here's the other quote in here. This is from Kurt Muller of the Department of Health and Human Services. He said this in a statement. He says, by allegedly falsifying vaccine cards and administering saline shots to children instead of COVID-19 vaccines, not only did this provider endanger the health and well-being of a vulnerable population. I don't know who he's talking about. Kids? Kids aren't a vulnerable population when it comes to COVID-19. What's he talking about? Old people, I you know, I don't know, I don't I don't understand. Uh, but he says, but also uh, undermined public trust in the integrity of federal health care programs. That ship sailed a long time ago, yeah. Kurt. That's <laughs> that, that is so history, you know. How, uh, how how in the world did giving these kids saline shots instead of COVID nineteen vaccines undermine the public trust in the integrity of the federal health care programs? Guys, nuts. I, I, you know, this is all bullet point propaganda crap, you know, it's flying out of his mouth because they're ticked off at the fact that this guy did not toe the line and give kids COVID-19 shots, which they didn't need anyway. No. And the irony of course, is that if he had given them, he would have been lauded by the feds as a hero, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Frontline hero. Right. Uh, yeah. risking everything as a plastic surgeon to give shots oh, to yeah. kids who desperately we'll make him the, the grand marshal of the next uh, fourth of july parade that goes through yeah. town or something so folks this is a story that's got legs i believe in the feds are not going to want this they're going to try and scramble away out well, of it what i'm hoping 
And listen, mm-hmm. he's got to do what he feels is necessary for him, right? Because, you know, this guy does not deserve to get into trouble, in our opinion. Right. Um, I'm hoping that he really fights this. And this is something that the court of public opinion gets to participate in. Yeah, embarrass uh, and shame the feds because if they are able to go forward with prosecution here, I pray that he has a kick-ass legal team that's willing to go discovery on the feds because yeah. what he has done is is further exposed the lie that is the COVID jab, the entire injection scheme, the EUA for it. The criminals are in government. The criminals are in media. The criminals are in pharma that perpetuated one lie upon another upon another to where it's you cannot follow through all the BS lies to find the truth in their proclamations. It's not possible anymore, except that you listen and watch the Robert Scott Bell show and other uh, podcast sites that are pointing these things out. Good doctors. We interviewed, and by the way, so many extraordinary interviews this weekend at the reawaken America tour, including you guys are anxiously awaiting the Peter McCullough interview I did. And it is a, barn burner. It's amazing. And it's, and it dives deep into the philosophy of medicine, of health and healing. And Peter is willing to go there with me. He's a, he's a great guy, a good heart for a heart surgeon. He's a, he's got a great heart. And I really, uh, uh, uh profoundly appreciate him. And those of you, there are what we call certain elements, even in this audience that go, well, but Peter doesn't da, 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 da. He still believes da 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 da. I'm like, dude, do you understand how far he's moved from where he first started here? And and you know, you keep pushing that unless somebody is 100 percent in line with where you all are ready, that they are completely controlled opposition. On and on it goes. And I'm like, you know, I I can't give much, uh, let's say, credence to that perspective. It doesn't do much at all to build bridges, to help one another, to teach one another, to uplift one another, to get to know one another, befriend one another, and communicate in the spirit of integrity is something that needs to happen desperately. It hasn't been needing to happen for a long time. And I see Peter McCullough as a man that is engaged intellectually, with curiosity, with sincerity. And for those of you who can't wait till Sunday's broadcast when it airs coming up, Super Don is going to be uploading that to our patron uh, site. For those of you who needed an excuse to become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, there are a load of amazing interviews that we will not air except for next week, and maybe it may be a few weeks before you we air them. But I and then and it won't be the video; it'll probably just be the audio. But uh, yeah, so super there's like four or five, four or five uh, interviews you did that I'll be uploading to Patreon probably this evening. Yeah, including the Dr. McCullough interview, which is like amazing. You're gonna love it. Uh, so y'all check it out. You can become patron supporters of Robert Scott Bell Show. It's a little five bucks a month, and it is well worth it with what's happening right now. So I appreciate that. So let me know what you think in the chat room. We'll be looking and checking on that uh, today at robertscottbell.com slash listen. That's our uh, view listen link as well as our uh, our own chat room. Some of you are on the, the various uh, social media channels where we're not currently banned, thankfully, and we'll check out your comments there. But Suffice it to say, this man, Kirk Moore, I know him. He's a kind man. He cares. He's a man of integrity. And yeah, uh, I've seen that we all are outraged by what the government media medicine complex has done in, in COVID, with COVID, to promote and force dangerous injections that have no, you know, no standardized approval process, only existing via emergency use authorization, even as they claim to have approved Comirnaty and Spike Vax. No liability 
It's just disgusting. The doctors who are standing up and doing the right thing, even if they found themselves running afoul of the quote unquote federal law, stand up for them and shame those federal prosecutors, shame those people on the state level and in politics, shame those in the media, shame those people in big pharma who actually don't acknowledge and recognize their own uh, reflection because they probably don't have a reflection. They're more like vampires and promoting an agenda that would, that would try to throw a, a doctor under the bus who allegedly tried to protect children at the behest of parents, their parents. God bless that man. All right. We'll have more on that as, as that story evolves. And uh, if you've got questions or comments on any of that, let, let me know, please let me know. Uh, we do have uh, Scott Adams, the cartoonist, coming out with some fascinating uh, revelations about his own perspective. He thought the jab would be good. He disagreed with those who were against the vaccine. And Super Don, can you play that first clip? We got two clips from Scott Adams doing a mea culpa. It's pretty, pretty profound. He didn't want any wiggle room on what he was about to say as well. So go ahead and play that. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that the people who, the anti-vaxxers appear to be right. Somebody who did not get vaccinated, got a little Omicron, or maybe even a worse one, but recovered. Now you've got natural immunity, and you have no vaccination in you. Can we all agree that that was the winning path? The smartest, happiest people are the ones who didn't get the vaccination and are still alive. I want to make sure that I'm not leaving any wiggle room for myself. Have I? Have I said as clearly as possible they're the happy ones right now and have a reason to be completely? Right. Having, uh, having said as clearly as possible that the anti-vax people seem to be the winners, I want you to hear that clearly. The anti-vax people appear to be the winners. The anti-vaxxers clearly are the winners at this point, and I think it'll probably stay that way. And, and I don't want to put any shade on that whatsoever. They came out the best. They, they have the winning position. The unvaccinated have a current advantage because they, they feel better. The, the thing they're not worrying about is what I have to worry about, which is, I wonder if that vaccination five years from now. So hmm. is he... As we're the winners, the anti vaxxers are the winners. Super, it, it's weird because I don't feel like a winner in this situation. And this you know, a lot of the reaction that people had on Twitter echoes exactly what you're saying right there. Is that well, they were saying to him, listen, there were no winners. We don't no, want to be the winners. You yeah. Know? The, the thing is, there are people that really think that they're winning because they were right. Now, the fact that we are right and have been right about the jab and the dangers and all of that we said doesn't make us happy. Because what it means is that there, there are millions upon millions of people who have been devastated, injured, and killed, and many more to come, which is even echoed in Scott Adams' perspective. He's like, I've got to worry about, you know, in the next five years, could what I got harm me over that time? And, you know, so we're not gloating. We're not dancing with glee over anybody's grave or injury. Yet the irony, of course... Many on that side, I'm not saying Scott Adams would, would be that way. He seems like a man of integrity. I've, I've read his stuff. He doesn't seem like someone that would gloat necessarily. But my, my acknowledgement to what he's saying takes a big man to say it that way. And, and as far as correct, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I have yeah. not seen anybody do what he just did right there. 
No, not to that extent. Not to that extent and not somebody who's, you know, I mean, Scott Adams, if you're not familiar. Yeah. If you're not familiar with who he is, he's the creator of the Dilbert comic strips. Comic strip that's been around for decades now. Yeah. Um, And and there's an article here from BPR Business and Politics. You're the winners. Cartoonist Scott Adams declares anti-vaxxers were right all along. Yes, we were right. Although many of many of us were not anti-vaxxers, right? Uh, you know, because most of the people that are quote unquote called anti-vaxxers are probably for other vaccines. Not, not everybody. And, and this, this was a criticism actually some people had for him as well. They're just yeah. like, listen, I mean, if you're going to say this, can you stop calling us anti-vaxxers? You know, that, that's, there's so much baggage that comes along with that. Yeah. I mean, and I it's, don't care. It's not fair. I think the whole paradigm is screwed and, uh, you know, from the, yeah. from the word go, but that's another discussion for another time. Now we have a second clip. Let's go ahead and play that. Because really, the anti-vaxxers, I think, were really just distrustful of big companies and big government. That's never wrong. It's never wrong to distrust government. It's never wrong to distrust big companies. Right? So if you just took the position, let's just distrust everything the government did, well, you won. You won. <laughs> you won completely. I did not end up in the right place. Agree? Mm-hmm. You would all agree with that, right? I did not end up in the right place. The right place would be natural immunity, no, no vaccination. You should take victory, and I should take defeat. We can agree on that, right? That, that my position is now the weakest, and, and your position has gone from the weakest to the strongest, and that we can just say that's true. The people who didn't get vaxxed are absolutely in the winning position. He sees everything. You win. You win. You are the winners. You are the winners. Let me say that part with no ambiguity. You won. You won. Uh, all, All of my fancy analytics got me to a bad place. All of your heuristics don't trust these guys, it's obvious, mm-hmm. totally worked. Isn't that interesting? The starting point should be, I don't trust the government. I don't trust the big uh, pharmaceutical industry. And you lead from there and you leap from there. As he called it, heuristic. He's, he knows big words. But all of his fancy, what we call data and analytics, didn't back him up at the end. You know, We supposedly had the weakest argument. He had the strongest his argument was never the strong one. Ours was never the weak one. But he's got a viewpoint on it, and I'll give him all the props in the world for coming out the way he views He views everything in terms of winners and losers. Okay, that's a different perspective, perhaps. But kudos to uh, Scott Adams for acknowledging that uh, the argument he was making was not the, the one that actually won. And so they, we come back around to those who, physicians like Kirk Moore, who may have allegedly not given the real shot are the heroes because they knew and they're in the right. And those that just followed orders are once again, Nuremberg coded into reality, into a harsh, ugly, uncomfortable place, whether there's a Nuremberg 2.0 trial or not, uh, the Kirk Moores of the world, should they have done what the, they are alleged to have done will be lauded as I believe as heroes and those who followed orders and injected innocent people, women, children, men, women, all of all ages, are going to have to pay the price, if not here, then when they meet their maker, whether it be at the pearly gates or somewhere far hotter in a hellish landscape, farscape. 
All right, we've got uh, a profound start to the show today, no doubt. Intense stuff that's happening. We haven't changed our perspective. We've been right the whole time. We haven't had to apologize for anything that we've we've come out and and, and uh, even speculated on, even acknowledged. Well, oh, we're speculating here. We're not sure, but we've turned out to be correct as well. And the question is, when do those so-called experts come back around and look at? You know, I think somebody on the uh, uh, a Twitterverse asked the question, "Who was right about this back in 2020?" You know, and then everybody's throwing out names and things. And I'm going, dude, I've been saying this stuff since 1999 on the air. 1994, when I actually was on radio for a four-hour, one-hour interview that turned into four, WSB in Atlanta. Nothing I said there I had to go back on either. (laughs) And there are people that we know, friends of mine, that have been at this for a long, long time, longer than just three years. And I acknowledge them. And we'll look back and we'll go, yeah, they were heroes. They stood against it despite all of the uh, vitriol and hate spewed their way. People like Celia Farber. People like uh, Liam Sheff, my dearly departed friend, Liam Sheff, uh, David Rasnick, um, Harvey Bialy, Peter Duisburg. I, I can't even begin to name all the people we've interviewed over the many years. Jonas Weiss uh, and uh, so many good people that have had their reputations slashed and battered about simply because they stood against a narrative that wasn't correct, but it had the majority consensus, the money behind it, the media behind it. Folks, when do you learn to stand with God? Even if the whole planet and all the people on it are aligned against you because they bought the lie, they fall into peer pressure, and all of the deception has just overwhelmed their ability to stand with the Creator on what is right against what is wrong. I ask the question most sincerely, and I would look to those people that have come before us. You go back to Copernicus, <laughs> Galileo, Ignace Semmelweis. We're living it in real time now, and every one, each and every one of you could be that Rosa Parks to stand against what is wrong, to do what is right, maybe to your own peril, but with the comfort and solace to know that you can speak to your children and their children to say, you know, when I had the opportunity to speak up and say something and do something in the face of tyranny, in the face of lies and deception and real hatred, not the phony hatred that they're pretending, I stood up against it. And I salute all of y'all that are doing that and have been doing that for a long time here in the Robert Scott Bell show audience and beyond. And some of those people include, uh, Well, the folks at Trinity School of Natural Health, teaching body, mind, spirit, staying true to Wendell Whitman and his ideal that health freedom is something far greater than tyranny, health tyranny or any kind of tyranny. That whether you disagree with me or him or anybody on what method can or should be used for health and healing, body, mind, spirit, pharmaceutical or whatever, that human dignity and our very creation in freedom, it must be defended. And that freedom to choose even things you or I might disagree with, stand in line with freedom. Besides life itself, the greatest gift God gave me, 
Freedom Agency. And I'm grateful for any of you, all of you, that stand for that and those of you that have gone through or are going through the Trinity School of Natural Health to learn body, mind, spirit. This is the evolution of healthcare in the West and in America. Places like Trinity that are doing this great work. We're going to have right now for the, I, Tanya Hilliard is on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check her out. She's awesome. She's not only doing natural health practice, but she's got a hair salon where she's doing it from. I'm going to go get my hair done and get healthier. Let's check her out. Bring her up. Look at that hair. Hi. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm so grateful to have you on. And I, I like I said, you, you make me smile, not just because you got this wonderful smile, but as we learned that you do hair and health at the same yes. time. Perfect I think that's awesome. What an innovation. Uh, it is very cool. So, uh, well, welcome to the show. I haven't had you on the show yet, have I? No. Yeah, but I did I, meet you at Trinity yeah. Expo, and I'm wearing your shirt today. So I do recognize you and it, of course, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, what a cool story you have, uh, you know, to, to go through Trinity. But again, your background in, in uh, I don't know, is it, is it called cosmetics? I mean, is there a fancy way of saying what you do in terms of hair and things at your clinic? I'm a cosmetologist, yeah. hairstylist, yeah. beauty operator, as my sister-in-law calls me. So <laughs> I like that. So at what point in, in that, in that kind of uh, realm, did you discover Trinity school and say, you know, I want to do more with, I'm interacting with people that probably need more help than just a hairstyle. Well, back in 2010, um, I was going through some significant life changes and I got very sick. And of course, where did I turn? But the allopathic world for medication, more medication, nothing worked. Um, it was kind of a, a last lifeline to call a lady who is a naturopath who I later found out was a graduate of Trinity. And she taught me about TCM and that grief can reside in the lungs. And, and I was grieving, I was grieving for a lot of reasons. Um, But once she taught me that and I was able to get help, I was able to take the right supplements. I was able to start doing all the right things for my body. That was really the first time that natural health, I saw such a positive impact in my life with natural health. Um, Then fast forward to March of 2020 when um, the state shut down my salon for 56 days. And, you know, that gave me a lot of time to reflect and say, you know what? I've got to learn to take care of me. I've got to learn to take care of my family, my family's health. Um, We can't count on the government. We can't count on the healthcare system at this point to do the right thing. So I decided to take classes through Trinity and it has tremendously changed my life as well as my family's. And I'm so grateful for everything that I've learned through Trinity up to this point. It's really been a, just a true blessing. Now it's fascinating to me. I'll only stop in for a haircut once in a while. I haven't been to your place yet, but uh, I just think all the conversations that go on in these places, I mean, they've made movies about like barbershop and things stuff get uh, just amazing stuff is communicate you happen to sit i sit in the chair and suddenly you're conversing with a stranger unless you go to the regular all the time and you're talking about things you might be dropping some serious health bombs on them you know they're coming to you probably and you're learning all about things you didn't want to know but now you going through trinity have the ability to navigate those questions or those statements they have and go oh by the way did you know i learned this and this might be able to help you here tell me how you've integrated that 
Yeah, it's been a great opportunity and opened a lot of doors for um, me to build my natural health business. Um, it's amazing at the amount of sickness is that is in the world and the amount of pharmaceuticals that people are taking on the daily. It's really sad. It's really sad. And I think that, you know, a lot of people just don't know that there are natural solutions or they maybe have heard, Oh, that there may be natural solutions, but not, um, haven't spent a lot of time researching and, and finding those solutions or finding somebody who can help them with solutions. So it has opened a lot of doors for me and my natural health business um, to have that one-on-one -on -one time, an hour, sometimes three hours with people um, mm -hmm. who, and once you start touching them, starts telling you everything about their life, a lot of things you want to know and a lot of things yes. you don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. We can tell you anything. You're cutting my hair or coloring yeah. it. Whatever. Uh, now it, it's called Oh, wellness. Your natural oh, wellness. Yes. And, and it's still in your hair salon. And yes, I have a small little office in the back of the shop. And that's where I meet with all my natural health clients. And I do incorporate that into my work day at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's been, it's been perfect. It's just a perfect little spot in the back. So now, Trinity is amazing, too, because the people, their instructors and all, they really help to uh, navigate you, you and prepare you to go out into the world and actually have a business. And, and you know, I've said this so many times that some people think, well, if I go to Trinity, what can I really do with it? I'm like, and, and time after time with these interviews, I've shown you people like Tanya that are out there actually utilizing what they've learned for their benefit and the benefit of others. And you're using, according to what it says here, uh, your journey to wellness protocol includes pH testing, iridology, looking at the eyes, um, face, tongue, nail analysis, muscle response testing. And I I'm telling you, this is so desperately needed and people don't even know they need it until they experience it. I mean, are people just shocked when they come into your store for the first time and realize that you can do this? And then, then you do it and you're like, my gosh, most of the people I've gone to couldn't do half the things you're able to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think people taking responsibility for your own health. That to me is the most important thing. And it's really just teaching them that it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be, you know, 15 different supplements thrown at you um, to help with your presentations. Um, this is going back to the foundations to, you know, what is your relationship with God? Like, what is your nutrition like? How hydrated are you? Um, are you going to the bathroom enough? Are you eliminating like you should? I mean, it's really not rocket science, but it's really just educating. It's educating the client and letting them know that they have all the tools that they need to get well. Yeah. Trinityschool.org. And by the way, you can go there and we have always links in the notes as well as banners to go there. Trinityschool.org. The core programs include certified health coach, certified natural health professional, certified holistic health practitioner, certified traditional naturopath. There's advanced biblical studies, certified aromatherapy specialist, certified biblical coach, certified clinical homeopathic specialist, certified facial analysis master. This is based on our good friend, Dr. Todd Frisch, and the thing that he's done are amazing. 
certified flower essence specialist, certified holistic fitness specialist, certified Lyme specialist, certified master herbalist, certified master iridologist, certified nutritional consultant, certified zyto specialist, endocannabinoid uh, professional, mind-body integration specialist. And I'm only touching some of the surface of the things, the opportunities you have. Now, Tanya, which of these things did you avail yourselves of uh, thus far? Um, certified natural health professional, holistic practitioner, the endocannabinoid professional, and I just finished turning in my assignments for the traditional naturopath certification. So I'll be able to board certify this spring as a awesome. naturopathic doctor. So I'm so excited. You are so awesome. I'm so excited to, to see. Now, where do I have to go to get my hair done by you? Zinc Total Salon in Danville, Virginia. All right. Now, I'm going to be in Virginia. I don't know if we're going to be in Danville. I'll have to check my schedule. Uh, but coming up, I believe in April, my good friend, and you know him because he's always at the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, Jonathan Emord. Oh, yes. Has, That's one of my a, husband's favorites. Yes. He's got an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate in Virginia, where you are. And rumor has it there may be a major announcement about eight days from now that uh, will bring an exciting new leap to the potential of restoration of constitutional governance in this uh, great land of ours, including the state of Virginia, where you are, the Commonwealth. Uh, and uh, if you want Jonathan Emord to run, as I do, please go to emord4va, emordforva.com. And uh, he's also featured at the Trinity uh, Health Freedom Expo. If you go to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com, we have our virtual uh, expo coming up the 18th and 19th of February. And you can uh, see all of the presentations done, including some more that weren't done there. Uh, and you'll have three months to watch everything through the Whova app at your leisure at home, wherever you are. And uh, so you were at the Health Freedom Expo as well as you as you know how awesome they are. Yes. Um, 2022, my husband actually was able to attend with me and it was it was amazing. It was very eye opening um, for one of the, the bigger events for him to come to. Um, mm -hmm. It was it was a lot of good stuff. Awesome. Now, what does your husband do? Does, uh, does he have to support you or now you're supporting him because you're you're a big, bad, natural healer? <laughs> he is a designer and he does printing and marketing. Tim Hilliard, marketing and promotions. He does. He does a little bit of everything, but he is amazing. He does work nationwide um, and and just he is a huge supporter of me. And he runs this family, <laughs> gets the kids uh, everywhere they need to be. and and keeps me on track. So, so blessed. Now, I, I have to ask you, Tanya, cause I'm seeing the color of your hair and I'm, I'm, I'm hazarding, I guess you might not have been born with that hair color. I, I just, maybe, I don't know. I'm not maybe. professional like you are. Um, so knowing what you know of uh, holistic health and, and natural methods of supporting the body's processes, um, are you able to address like, uh, sometimes the people want these colors, they might not be quote unquote, as natural as you might want them to be, or are there options we don't know about? There are options. There are options. Um, since all the, everything I've learned through Trinity, I have been very much conscientious of the products that we use, the color that we use on people's heads and the take home products. So we have transitioned our shop to use much cleaner color, um, much safer and healthier pro take home products for our guests. And that mm -hmm. is very, very important to me and the direction of my salon, um, mm -hmm. because I want it to be a reflection of what I do in the natural health world and that you can do both. You can have fun, great yeah. hair 
and <laughs> it'd be safer. I mean, let's face it, when yeah. it comes down to it, it's a chemical. Yeah. yeah. But you can do less of the evils and lots of, of areas when it comes to taking care of your hair and taking care of, of your, your body. Yeah. I think strategically in terms of uh, knowing what we're exposed to and in the cosmetology industry, there's a lot of cancer associated with a lot of the toxic chemicals there. And yet there's also been an explosion in a good way of companies that are meeting the needs of those that recognize I, I want to have a cleaner option for utilizing, okay. whether it be shampoos or, or as you say, colorings or other things that, that are used. Uh, so there has been some uh, real movement in that direction. And I'm sure now you're plugged into all of that with your knowledge through Trinity. Yes, we currently use a color line called Artego Beauty Fusion. Um, it is a very, very clean color line. We also carry um, a lot of their retail products in the shop as well, as well as a product called Onesta that has a lot of clean, very clean options for take home. And again, you know, that is very important that that on, on both sides of this coin that that we are looking for better options and reducing our toxic load. Um, that's one of the foundations that I try to focus on in my consultations is that's really yeah. important too. Now, how is it? I, I'm just asking now the mechanics of what you do, you know, hair care and all kinds of cool stuff for beauty and and then they come in and then you're like coming around the front, looking in their eyes and going, oh, look at that at three o'clock. This thing's happening. This means this. You got iridology happening. You don't, oh, surprise, yeah. you don't you surprise people with that or do you go, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm certified or I've been trained in iridology and they go, oh, what's that? Well, I can look at the eye and it tells me about what's related to, have you had these like aha moments from people going, oh my gosh, how did you know that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I actually have an, um, an ophthalmologist or an op yes, ophthalmologist or optometrist. Wife. it's his wife that comes in uh -huh. she's asking okay. me all about the natural health and she's like, well, why does my husband not know? about iridology and i'm like i don't know maybe he needs to look that up or come Trinity, to yes. you know yeah. he should know he should know if he is an eye doctor he should know this mm -hmm. well that's a big part of what i keep telling folks uh whether you are starting from scratch basically and you don't know much or if you're a medical doctor of any kind or a nurse you go through the trinity mind body spirit type of education It'll open you up with your knowledge base to help so many more people than you can help right now. And I think, why not have an ophthalmologist or optometrist study things that they would never learned about the eye in iridology? And they could go get that certification from Trinity School of Natural Health. That would be awesome. Absolutely. And there are so many medical professionals that come to the events and come to the Health Freedom Expo and come to the Trinity Lives. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is important that, and, and they have a different perspective too, because they've been in that medical world and they have seen all the good and the bad things that happen right now in our healthcare system. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in the medical field are searching and realizing that there are other options and that's very refreshing. Yeah. I, I'm seeing, uh, some comments are funny. One from Steve, a neon hairstyle would go great with RSB's John Lennon glasses. All right. Well, I'm going to have to switch to those glasses in the next hour because I have five <laughs> times August joining us, uh, uh, Skistimus and, and dude, I've got to be cool for him, you know, so I'm gonna have to get better glasses on for that. Just to just kind of pretend I'm cool. Like he is, uh, we're going to have some fun with that, but I don't know if I could uh, pull off the pink hair like you, you it looks good on well, you. Sure could. 
good. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we could put on those uh, pretend wigs for a moment and have fun at Halloween, but uh, I don't know if it rolls. Although it would add more hair, more depth to, to what I got left on my head at this point. Uh, so what are the things would you recommend for folks that are interested in learning? I, I think it's interesting. If I have any people in the uh, cosmetology field watching or listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show right now, there's a lot of people that are doing that and having great interactions that could be doing so much more to help the health of the people coming to see them. Would you think that you're not the only one that could do this? Oh, no. I mean, it's with us being so close to our hair clients for such an extended amount of time, amount of time, that is such an opportunity. I mean, there's not very many other careers out there where you are in their personal space. You know, you're within three feet oh, yeah. of them for an hour, two hours, three hours. And what a unique opportunity that I have to really get to know them, um, know them personally and know a lot about their health. And it just, and like I said, it's really opened a lot of doors for me and, and the, and my wellness path. Yeah. And there are also uh, uh, lectures on demand for those of you who are just kind of toe dipping and saying, you know, I don't know if I want to go for an eight week or a 16 week or more, you know, depending on the program you're engaged in, check out some of the subjects that are available to you. There are wide and varied and very reasonable, affordable. It's un it's unlike what we call the major universities that end up putting you uh, into debt that you, you feel like you're enslaved for, for sometimes decades to try and pay back what you're doing. So to make it affordable, uh, Trinity has done that. And you can work and, and you can go at a pace that's reasonable and still do what you do. You didn't have to stop working, although you said uh, some of this came through because the state or local municipality shut you down. Uh, I've covered some stories of, of, of local businesses that stood up, not a lot, but stood up against uh, the government and, you know, and won in retrospect. I mean, it's hard to do in the midst of it all, but uh, it's really coming back around now that we, meet, we need as small businesses to stand for each other against these uh these folks that would you know wipe out our ability to care for ourselves and our family oh absolutely um i said you know it'll never happen again to me they may try but that's you know we'll have a special code to get in we'll have a special knock um but it was it was it was quite unbelievable it was mm. just quite an unbelievable 24-hour notice and to be shut yeah. down was just I was very blessed. I was blessed because there were a lot of salons who were not as blessed and a lot of businesses in general who yeah. were required to shut down during that time and, and didn't make it, you know? So a couple of minutes left this hour and I got to ask, has anyone come to you that was so intrigued by what you do besides just hair that they said, you know, I, I wouldn't mind trying out that Trinity program. You have, you have you brought anybody on over that they've started taking classes yet? You know, there are quite a few people who who inquire about it. I'm not sure that they've actually pulled the trigger or anything like that, but uh, yeah. I get a lot of questions and I just can't say enough wonderful things about Trinity and the 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 relationships that I have found with not only my instructors but in my classmates and and just such good friends all over the United States that I never would have met if it wasn't for Trinity. But you're, I mean, would you be considered a small town where you are? Oh, goodness, yes. So if there were five other, if there were five other Trinity graduates in your area, there'd probably be enough sick people to, you still couldn't see them all. 
knowing what you know about interacting with people. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a handful of Trinity graduates already in our town who do completely different modalities than what I do. So mm -hmm. it's really nice that I'm able to refer people to them. They're able to refer people to me. Um, and we can all kind of do our thing with what we love to do and help the full person. Yeah. So in, in terms of uh, uh, Trinity, you're still going for it here and you're in the midst of uh, uh, finishing up the traditional naturopathy uh, uh, coursework you submitted. I'm, I'm so proud of you. So pleased yeah, to see what you. you're doing and getting more Trinity graduates out there, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs. And you know where that is with each and every one of you. It's been it's been great. I think the traditional naturopath was my favorite program that I've taken so far because it really took all the basics that we've learned and it, everything just builds. I feel like each class that I take just builds and builds and builds. And, you know, now I feel very equipped to go yeah. out and, and really be able to to help my clients. Folks, I'm inspired. I hope you are, too, uh, with Tanya, what she's doing. It's amazing. And we have linked in the show notes at robertscottbell.com if you want to check out her <laughs> it's so much more than a hair salon that where body mind spirit stuff happens it's great thank you for being on board thanks to trinity school of natural health y'all check it out trinityschool.org and trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com thank you tanya thank you thanks a lot <laughs> i you know i just got a smile with what's happening out there we're not waiting we're not asking for permission we're going out and getting the healing and being the healing that you wish to see and be in the world. So let's take a break and start with our friends at Brideon.tv. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Cranking it up now for Health, Freedom, and Healing Liberty, our simulcast each week at this time. Got to hang out with some of my friends from Brideon.tv at Nashville uh, uh, with the uh, big event, the Reawaken America Tour. And uh, we had a great time. In fact, I did an interview with, uh, was it Coach Dave, Coach Brad? What was it? I, I, it was so many interviews going on. It was amazing. But this hour, I got to let you know, <sighs> man, Activists in the music field. We've been disappointed in so many musicians over the last few years who have been all in for big pharma, big government, big shot, all of that. And those that have stood up have stood out. And I respect them immensely. And one of those guys is going to join us. You know of Five Times August, Brad Schistemus. He's been stepping it up. And he's called out Dolly Parton recently, too. And ask him about that. And a whole lot more health freedom on tap. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on because the power to heal is yours. Major new statement on health freedom, medical freedom coming out. Brownstone Institute is reporting. Uh, signed by our good friend, Dr. Brian Hooker, as well as others we featured here, Pierre Corey, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. We haven't interviewed Dr. Robert Malone yet, but Dr. Peter McCullough. I mentioned that I was able to interview him. A fantastic interview that will air a week from yesterday. That'll be, uh, what, Sunday the uh, 29th? Is that what I said? 22nd, 29th? Yeah. Uh, but if you don't want to wait, uh, join us, become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Super Don's going to be uploading all of those interviews, including videos, in advance of their airing within the next couple of weeks. He'll be putting that up maybe even as quick as today. Uh, so thank you for your support of this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Joining us momentarily, uh, five times August. And I met him recently 
at, uh, well, a couple of events. In fact, one in Orlando and then just, uh, well, there's uh, something even coming up, the uh, Next Steps Conference in Atlanta area that he'll be a part of, featured part of. I'm excited to have him on the show for the first time momentarily. Uh, but in this major new statement on medical freedom, I'm just going to go through the executive summary, just quick four points uh, as we move forward here. Uh, one, there is no scientific rationale for continuing any COVID-19 mandates in 2023 and beyond. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, but these are, you know, if it if it matters to you, credentialed scientists and doctors, you know, I'm not impressed with degrees, you know that. But there are people that are still using the sense God gave them, even though they have the degree, particularly when it's a medical degree. I call it a mental handicap in many cases. In most cases, they need to have special parking spaces for their brains to, to reactivate them. Number two on this executive summary, and the, the president company accepted, you know, those that are on this list are actually thinking clearly. Uh, on the uh, mask and vaccine exemptions must be offered at the discretion of the physician and patient as opposed to one-size-fits-all government edicts. Mask and vaccine exemptions. Now, uh, I would take a little bit of issue here just because I don't want to that anybody should have to have an exemption. It should be an opt-in, not an opt-out, because the assumption is they own you, that they can tell you you have to do it unless we give you permission not to. So for me, it's a little bit off there, but again, I acknowledge the step in the right direction. Number three on this list, parental rights and decisions must be preserved to ensure the health and well-being of their children. Well, could I call that a moment of duh? Really, that we have to argue this? Like that's something that we haven't done? What the heck's been going on? Parental rights have been usurped. The Ninth Amendment no longer matters. Yeah, of course, parents should be uh, the, the main decision makers until the age of majority. You know, if you want to work with a doctor, fine, but what if you don't? Number four, the ability of medical professionals to speak freely to their patients and the public must not be compromised. And this goes to the heart of what's called the First Amendment to the you know the United States Constitution, which doesn't grant you the right of free speech, doesn't grant doctors the right of free speech, doesn't grant anybody the right of anything. The first 10 amendments to the Constitution were written to prohibit or limit the government's prohibition or limitation on our freedom, the freedom of the people, and that includes to speak. Now, since I opened up the microphone in 1999 when this was Jumpstart Your Health, recognizing that there were limitations on freedom of speech as it comes to perhaps uh, providing you with information that would reverse, prevent, mitigate, treat any disease that the FDA claims sole authority over regulating through the Fear and Death Administration and their patents and approvals of the drugs that then go to market and result in either the first, second, or third leading cause of death, depending on which way you run the numbers. And so I support the freedom of speech, of course, of all doctors. But that we have to delineate speech to a doctor doctoral class, and we say, well, only they can speak of such things. Although those that have spoken out like we do here about the danger of COVID vaccines or any vaccines, the danger of the drugs that have been utilized in hospital settings like remdesivir or the, the danger of utilizing ventilators. Those doctors have found out the lack of freedom they had, even though they had exalted status by virtue of their license and degree. 
Remember this, folks. A license is a permission slip to do that which would otherwise be considered illegal by government regulators. The question I have for you is, how many of you think healing needs a permission slip from the government? How many of you think that healing needs a permission slip from a doctor or your doctor or any doctor? Or how many of you realize that the only permission you need is your own to give you and grant you the permission that you have by virtue of your very creation by God to freely access information and act on that information, even if it's wrong? That's agency, folks. I've learned the most when I've screwed up. Now, I am not advocating deceiving people, doing fraudulent activity, and pretending something is something that it is not. But if you have a substance that you believe can heal a disease, and you say so, and you sell it, you will be subject, if it's not FDA approved, to immediate demands of cessation, cease and desist letters, threats against your life, liberty, and property. And it'll happen in less than 24 hours. And this is always the absurd irony of the claims that it took them 10 years to find Osama bin Laden hiding in a cave on dialysis. Like the guy was what? Public enemy number one, supreme terrorist leader. Yeah, it took us 10 years to find the guy and kill him. Really? And they can find somebody who claims to cure cancer with natural substances in less than 24 hours. Know everything about them, shut them down, lock them up tells you what they really perceive and believe to be the great danger in the same way they've gone after people like Eric Naputi sued him for what? 500 billion or $508 billion billion with a B Dr. Evil. And you think it's legitimate. And then they're making accusations against my friend, Dr. Kirk Moore, who is in my estimation, a hero. If indeed the allegations are true that he substituted the COVID jabs with saline at the behest of the parents for these children, so that they wouldn't get injured and wouldn't die. Tell me that that's not a hero on the order of someone who was saving Jews, gypsies, and gay people during the Nazi regime, hiding them away or underground railroading them out so they didn't end up in concentration camps or used as slave labor in big pharma's factories. IG Farben, the demon spawn. Those are the same companies that are producing the COVID jabs today. And where are all the musicians and, and, and where are all the actors, the famous people stepping up for the little guy, the little girl that says, I don't want the jabs of big government, big pharma and big media. Scott Adams did the major mea culpa, the Dilbert cartoonist. We played his video clip. It was quite astonishing. Well, we have a guy that's been stepping it up and we're going to learn a little bit about his backstory or as much as we can in the time we have together. You know him as five times August. Sensational recording artist. Talented man and a, and a heart of gold. I've met him, although my buddy Kevin got to hang out with him a lot more. They had a great time. They even went to the farm uh, back down in Orlando with uh, Jim Gale, who I that's one of the interviews I don't think we've aired yet as well. Five times August. Brad Skistimus joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Brad, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, doing well. Good to see your smiling face. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, I am so excited to, to meet you and know you, and, and I'm going to get to know you more because you're going to be joining us, if I'm not mistaken, 
at the Next Steps Conference in Buford, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, Lakeland, Rhode Island, 22nd to 25th of February. That's true. I will be there, guitar in hand. So we're going to be jamming. Yeah. We get a awesome. little mini show. Yeah. VIP experience. VIP experience. I'm so, <laughs> it's like backstage all over again. Uh, That's right. You're not as cute as Pat Benatar, but you you rock in your own way. Uh, it's my stubble, I think. That's what it is. So uh, I got to know, Brad, was this something from the moment going to the backstory that not everybody knows? The moment the COVID crisis hit, did you start questioning it or was it an evolution over the, the months that it began to say there's something not adding up here and I'm going to speak out about it. I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to call out that sad little man, Fauci, et cetera. <laughs> um, well, I, I wasn't buying it from the get-go. It all seemed weird, but the, the entire first year was just sort of looking around going, what, what's happening mm-hmm. here? You know, um, the, we all sort of went along with the two week thing and, and, uh, you know, the moment masks were introduced, it was like, really, you know, and, um, a a lot of stuff just, you know, kept, uh, piling onto itself. So by the time the end of 2020 rolled around, I, I was feeling like I had to say something. I was thinking about my kids and the world we were creating for them. I was wondering where my favorite musicians were and why nobody was speaking up because it seemed like there was a lot of uh, lies and deception and tyranny taking place and none of them showed up. So um, I sort of sat and prayed on it and thought to myself, you know, what do I say in this moment? And um, I wrote a song called God Help Us All which was really, I thought it would be my one say on the matter. I'd just mm-hmm. sort of get it out of my system and um, say this, make this statement. And and I kind of knew I was going to upset some of my fans that I had, but, um, you know, I didn't realize how how quickly and how much and, and that there would be no conversation about it, you know, that if I upset them with this, then they were out, you, you know. Did you get a lot of canceling happening then? Yeah. From, you know, from fan, like I had been five times August has been around since 2001. So, you know, I started right out of high school. So I had two decades worth of fans um, that had been following me and, and really should have known, you know, what's in my heart, what I'm about. And, um, and a lot of uh, friends in the music industry, producer friends, musician friends, um, you know, opportunities lost. So, yeah, the moment, you know, I, I released, you know, the, that first song, I, I started receiving the pushback. But um, very soon after that um, little wave of like, oh, my gosh, all these people that that have been following me are falling off. I trickled in, got some new fans that were discovering this music and it let me know I wasn't alone, which let me know I needed to let other people know they weren't alone. So I released another song soon after that. And then another song after that, and they sort of accumulated over the last couple of years into it. And then I put them into an album uh, that I released in November called Silent War. We have, uh, I think, Super Don, do we have like a a montage of some of the songs uh, that we can play here? And I I know that uh, in terms of uh, folk artistry, um, you know, we, we've made a concerted effort to do what we call a family friendly show. We got kids listening to this as well. So we might've had to uh, block out one F-bomb in there, but uh, it's not that we're opposed to that as adults to say these things and, and, and utilize words that way. But uh, uh, just because of that, I want to play it out, let you get a sense of uh, what Brad's all about with Five Times August as he's let the uh, the inner warrior out in terms of his music. 
the willingness to say, you know, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Here we go. Are you fed up with constantly searching for the records you want? Yes. Here's a unique opportunity to own a complete library of the world's most beautiful music. One, two, three. Shut your mouth, get in line, just behave or pay the fine. Yes, I will always fight for you. I will stand here in the way. And I will not give up on you. I will shield you from the pain. Oh God, oh God, help us all. Oh God, help us all. Oh my, heavy times, heavy times, angry living life. about what you say you ain't no leader and you ain't the boss you wander around like you're lost so check your watch turn your back set us up for the big attack hey joe we did it 81 million votes shame blame no matter what they say don't let the bastard get to Silent War, uh, fivetimesaugust.com. I was seeing it. It's on, actually on vinyl. I, you know, I grew up in those days. Uh, I, I guess there's uh, CDs. Do those still exist? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have to ask people nowadays, do you still have a CD player? More people actually have vinyl record players these days. But yeah. um, I felt like it was important to make a physical copy of the album and uh, you know, have something tangible in your hands. Bring that back. Uh, it brings back a lot of memories. I, I think about the uh, protest songs uh, during the Vietnam era. You know, most of the artists were con were considered were in the folk artist realm. You know, Phil Oaks. I don't know uh, who. Mm -hmm. If you my dad, in fact, when he was a, a teenager, uh, babysat for Phil Oaks. Wow. Actually, as a kid growing up in Far Rockaway, New York, it's some interesting history that I know from that era. A lot of war protests that happened, and you know, ironically, some of those people are still alive. We're not protesting what's gone on. They were, in fact, emphatically in favor of lockdowns, shutdowns, masking, and, and, and jabbing. It's astonishing what's happened over the decades. Yeah, I've been uh, on a little tangent calling all those people out on my Twitter account this last week. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty disappointing. These are people that I grew up admiring, people that I, you know, taught me what the idea of rock and roll is supposed to be about, this anti-establishment Mm -hmm. uh movement where you're supposed to say you know uh go against the man so to speak yeah. and they all joined up with them so it's it's been pretty disheartening um to see that and there's there's not very many of us uh speaking up there's there's several indie guys and 
you know, uh, quite a number of indie guys, but no one from that mainstream sort of pipeline has really stuck their foot out except for Van Morrison and except for Eric Clapton. And then that's pretty much it. It's really disappointing. And, and, uh, super do you have that image of the tweet that, uh, Brad sent out as five times August, uh, to Dolly Parton for one example, it's calling out these fellow artists. Uh, it says this hi Dolly Parton, since you were quick to label so many cowards, quote unquote, and chicken squat for not getting the shot. Will you be taking any responsibility for the countless lives injured or suddenly dying after getting it? You've always been a giver. Maybe time to donate to React 19 org. Um, and you know, you yeah, you showed her tweet. I just want to say to all of you cowards out there, don't be such a chicken squat. Dolly Parton said, get out there and get your shot. Uh, has there been any response from Dolly Parton or any publicists on that or any tweet? No, I, I've been calling out people for like the last week. And um, this all started from seeing a series of uh, paid Pfizer posts. Pfizer has parted, yeah. partnered with um, uh, Pink and uh, Questlove, the drummer for The Roots, who's also on Jimmy Fallon's show. Um, Michael Phelps was one of the paid partners and um, trying to remember who else it was. But um, I, I started with that and I'm like, seriously, like at, at, at this point, you know, the last year I've been really leaning into this, like, look, we're at the crossroads here. You either, you know, back up and you look at what you've said and you say, I'm sorry, or or you're doubling down and committing to, you know, the atrocity of what's happened. And so if you're in a partnership at this point, um, I've just kind of done with it and I'm calling these people out. So uh, instead of responding, uh, Pink has blocked me. Questlove blocked me. Um, I called out Gene Simmons a while ago. He blocked me. So instead of having the conversation, they'd rather just remove you so they don't have to think about it. They've already been paid. They're living up to the, the or down to the, the term coward that Dolly Parton had used. Those yeah. are cowardly to block you rather than to engage. I mean, you're not, uh, it doesn't sound to me you're like you're at all hostile. In other words, that thing I read to Dolly Parton was just, hey, you know, look what's happened. Maybe you ought to, you know, support those as a giver that you are, uh, those that have been harmed. And you went to the React uh, 19 uh, organization that is helping people who have been injured. And it's non-political. It's not partisan in that way. So uh, I, I think that to not engage is embarrassing to them and shows their cowardice. Yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, just I I can't say I'm not. Well, I'm not hostile, but I do word things as a matter of fact. You know, sure. so I try to sort of meet their tone. What did they say? You know, um, I called out Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart pretty much called us all killers. You know, and he wouldn't allow um, his own family and friends at his Christmas party unless they were triple had the shot three times. So it's interesting. I did have one response from one of these people, which um, to their credit, they actually responded, but it was Peter Frampton. And mm -hmm. he actually responded. And I said, and I wasn't very, very rude about it or anything. I just said, do you still have this perspective responding to a tweet that he had made about getting the majority of people um, the shot? And he said, um, no, nothing has changed, you know, so he he's still on the side of of where he was a year or two ago. Um, mm -hmm. But with that also, you know, the question was, would you be willing to donate and help out the, the people who are injured by this? Um, and he did not respond to that, you know. So, you know, it's interesting to see how they react. Some of them block you, some of them don't acknowledge at all. And if they do respond, mm -hmm. chances are they haven't, nothing's changed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is an extraordinary time. And again, as, 
appreciating the arts like I do. I wish I was a better artist at the things I do, but I have my own way of communicating. But I, I, I love what you do and the fact that you're willing to, uh, you know, put your career on the line because you feel doing what is right is much more important. And the fact is, maybe you do the math and say, you know, I've actually gained more in terms of the people that are in my life now compared to prior to this, the people that love and appreciate you now, it, it probably there's deeper relationships that have developed because of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the trade-off, um, no question. And, you know, yeah, it's number one, it's the right thing to do in the first place. And to see the amount of support that I've had over the last couple of years has really been something else. Um, it, all around the world. We just did a tour in Austria with some of the doctors uh, right before the holidays called the Resilience Tour. It was with uh, Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Robert Cole, mm -hmm. Dr. Kat Lindley. Um, they were all there, sort of a merriment of art and, and the doctor's message and music. But you go all the way across the, the globe and you meet these people who have um, not just discovered your music, but they've gone through something that you can connect with on, on yes. a personal level. And Stand by, Brad. We got to take a sure. quick break for our friends at Brideon.tv, and uh, we'll be back with more of Five Times August after this. All right, we still continue uh, behind the scenes for all of our direct viewers and listeners, Brad, as well. And again, appreciate this. It, it, there's so, sure. so many fascinating angles I want to ask you some questions about when we come back with our audience from uh, Brideon.tv as well. Um, one of the things curious to me is the well, we have these people that inspired you in terms of your artistry. And, and, and would it be fair to say folk is a big part of your influence going back with your music? Oh, yeah. Right now it is for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what I felt was missing. I was, you know, I listened to so much different music over the years. But, um, you know, I started out as a pop rock artist and sort of found myself wanting to do something that, uh, was really raw and just me a vocal and guitar you know and give i felt like music was missing that not not just something that was real but something with a message behind it you kind of like rick rubin your own music <laughs> yeah you know you look at these guys and you think about what's missing and just if you do look at uh just what the mainstream music landscape is right now i mean there's nothing there and um you know, I think that's why people have connected with what I'm doing so much, because it is mm -hmm. just it's just a, it's a moment. You know, I, I all these most of them are recorded live as takes. Mm -hmm. I didn't like record the guitar and then the vocals. Some of them I did. But these uh, these are yeah. moments that I wanted to capture. Nice. And and do you have your own home studio or, or are you out in, a, you know, somebody else's studio that you rent? How did that work? Yeah, I record out of my house, which is funny because I've I've had this sort of arc throughout my career. When I started out, I was recording out of my bedroom and I worked my way up. I made albums in the studio and did all that, spent the, all the money on it. And then sort of for this, you know, everybody, this all sort of began when nobody was going anywhere anyway. So I just started recording these tracks out of my house again. And um, it's pretty, pretty great to have, you know, just I like that. It kept things real, you know. Yeah, well, definitely, uh, there's a very raw connectivity to what you're, you're doing and the way you've recorded it and uh, just enjoy it thoroughly. I'm glad to connect and I'm looking forward to having that live concert environment with our friends at Next Steps. All right, stand by. We're about to be rejoined by our audience on Brideon.tv. Three, two, one. All right, welcome back, everybody, on Brideon.tv. Appreciate y'all being here. We've got uh, Brad, uh, also known as 5timesaugust.com. We've checked out the 
the new uh, recordings that he's done over the course of uh, the, the COVID craziness we've all lived through. And the messages that you're putting out there are, uh, you know, inspiring, certainly to me personally. I love that you're doing it. We were just talking briefly about some of your your influences from a pop rock scenario to going into this folk realm. And, and that's what, you know, brought me to ask you a little bit about influences. Did you go back and start listening to some folk rock from the 60s and 70s to kind of impact how you were, you know, feeling the music coming out this way? Well, I, I grew up listening to a lot of that stuff. So that's why I could feel just an emptiness, you know, this this void that wasn't there when when this moment in history was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, you know, I get a lot of comparisons right now to Bob Dylan, mainly because at the beginning of this, I was like, where is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was sort of just putting on his shoes because I was like, somebody needs to like put out some sort of Dylan-esque kind of tune here and mm -hmm. say something. Um, so I sort of wore those shoes, um, in my own way, of course, but, um, yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, those sixties, seventies artists, um, it's been a big disappointment, but, uh, you know, uh, I just, I have a new song coming out, uh, probably later in a couple months called ain't no rock and roll, which is sort of my own side kind of, uh, comment on the matter, because I have grown up admiring these people and I sort of feel like what we thought rock and roll was supposed to be growing up ended up being a farce because i don't think that you know you don't get to this point in history i feel like this is the most important moment in history for us in our lifetime since rock and roll came on the scene to actually mm -hmm. be rock and roll mm -hmm. and um when you look back over the last uh 60 years uh there were moments that felt important but nothing as important as right now and and nobody's risking it all you know to go against the man it's it's pretty astonishing yeah i just want to invite everybody if you haven't gotten your tickets to the next steps conference next-steps.info my friend tia severino is putting on an amazing thing we did it last year it's going to even be bigger and better this year uh it's like a retreat at lake lanier islands buford outside of atlanta georgia and it's the 22nd to 25th of February. And uh, we're going to celebrate. It's my birthday week there. I'll be celebrating. So uh, uh, you don't have to sing happy birthday to me. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> you know, but this is, again, it's just going to be a fun celebration weekend. A lot of uh, what we call parallel tracks going back to things that we know actually work and uh, maybe uh, creating a new things that we haven't tried. Uh, and this is at Building the Parallel Society. And you can see uh, Peter McCullough as well. We just were hanging out with uh, Polly Tommy, Stephanie Lucretio. Uh, so many awesome folks are going to be there with us. Brad as well. Five times August is going to be playing. And it's just a nice environment at this time of the year to be able to have a retreat. And, and, and you know, gosh, some of these events are what we call balls to the wall. You're like, you can't keep up with it yourself. So I think I feel like this thing is going to be intense, but at the same time, We'll have downtime to interact with one another, develop uh, bonds of friendship, relationships throughout lifetimes here, uh, because we are here for this time. We are created for a time such as this, and we are coming together to strengthen one another, not in fear, although fear may have driven some of us to find one another, interesting, so that we break that cycle of fear as well, uh, which is another aspect. We had um, Superdon, who was that guy from England we had originally from J Jamaica, well, like Remise Music we had on a few weeks ago? He also did a major protest song in England. I don't know if you traveled to the United Kingdom and met him, but he's an amazing guy to get connected with. That's great. He carries the spirit of. Yeah, it's, it's Ramis. It is Ramis. It is Ramis, yeah. Yeah, and he carries the spirit of that reggae rebellion because that was mm -hmm. also in its own folk island kind of way, uh, you know, a protest music. Don't, don't tech 
the vaccine, I think it was called the, the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And that's a guy uh, you, Brad, you really love yeah. and appreciate. I know he would as well for you. So there are, you just like what we call yeah. diamonds in a rough out there that may not yeah. be all that well known, but they are doing amazing work because they have been given the gift of the arts, the music. It goes through them and they decide, you know what, I'm going to make that music matter in, speci- in specificity to what's happening right now. And that yeah. in the history of protest through rock and roll much less folk music, uh, which we need to come back. So am I to understand what you're trying to say is that your next album is going to be a little bit more rock edge because Super Don's been wanting some, you know, where are all the rock and roll guys? Just like you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sort of has progressed over. If you listen to the the current album, I I put the tracks in the order that I wrote and released them. So you can sort of hear the story of the mm. last two years. And in each song from one to the next, it sort of builds as you listen to it. And um, the second to last song on the album is probably the most produced track that I did in that series. It's called Gates Behind the Bars, which is a, my little statement on Bill Gates. And mm-hmm. that'll be the next video that I put out. But, um, you know, the songs that I'll be writing next, I think, will be probably a little more produced with um, hopefully, you know, a more hopeful message behind them. I feel like I've said a lot about what what yeah. has been going on but now it's time to sort of find solutions build each other up and you know uh really hold people accountable that let's get into that phase and and really um push forward and push on into you know you mentioned like these other artists out there i feel like what we are is the next crop of people it's sitting underneath right now but we're pushing forward and creating a new culture that um you know we're we're flushing out all of the old guys that really didn't live up to their names or whatever it might be. But then there's another crop of um, some really, really great artists out there. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah. I wondered if any had, had reached out to you or vice versa to collaborate, maybe uh, coming together with your voices and, and, and the insights and these experiences and strengthen one another even more. Yeah. That's something that I really love about the community of, of artists that I've met over the last two years is that we're really supportive of one another. We really, um, get what each other has gone through. I've made some really great friends. I mentioned that in the beginning, like I, I lost some friends out of the music industry, but really when you look at it, you go, well, I guess we weren't really, we weren't really that, that close of friends after all, if you were going to bail on me so quickly, but then, um, you know, it's been actually today's one year since we did the defeat the mandates rally in Washington, DC, which I was at. Mm-hmm. And I met one of my good friends, Joseph Arthur there, who's been a songwriter um for many years and um he went through a similar experience where um the la times slandered him and he uh, got dropped by a record label and just went through the whole thing but i've made some really great friends and we all support one another there's definitely collaborations happening um so it's really good to see that it's not like the traditional uh industry vibe that's filled Mm -hmm. with ego and people trying to you know, step over each other to get to the top. It's like, there's a common theme here. We're working together on something, not just creating music, but shifting the landscape of our, our culture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the arts have always had the opportunity and, and, and been able to do that throughout history, make some dra- dramatic transformation where even the spoken word couldn't, couldn't do it. Uh, the musical or, you know, the, whether it be through poetry or in music uh, to words that it's been transformative. And, you know, I love seeing what you're doing and that it's that it's resonating. And uh, I'm excited again that we're all going to be together. For those of you who can, please do get tickets 
uh, for the Next Steps Conference, 22nd through 25th of February, and that's uh, next-steps.info. We do have a discount code, RSB10, if you want to get 10% off and join us there. You can drop in for a day or be there for the whole weekend. Uh, but I know that the hotels are selling fast, so if you want to stay there with us, uh, please make that. I, I see Tia is in the audience. Oh, my gosh. Tia says, can I just point out, Brad's got beautiful eyes, even prettier and brighter in person, and a beautiful soul <laughs> with them. Oh, thank you very much. I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Brad's eyes up close. I agree. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, and uh, they they sparkle and light up. Oh, y'all are so <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet Tia the, a few weeks weekends ago, and and I'm glad we connected. I'm I'm looking forward to being at the uh, at the event, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it it is uh, just an amazing thing, and I urge everybody that if you have an opportunity to come to any of these events, you are in, enriched and alive. And again, you make friendships that, you know, you have these friends electronically. That's true, and you feel camaraderie with them. But boy, when you get together with them, finally, it's like a reunion. It's like you may have known each other before, and you come together, and it's just an extraordinary thing. And and then as you you know leave, it's sad a little bit. You, but at the same time, you have these memories and the, the relationships that never go away. They're, they're, it's something different. And they tried to stop us from doing it for the last couple of years with COVID. And it's the very opposite of what we should be doing, getting together. But they know that if they keep us apart and divide us and keep us afraid, that they can succeed in controlling us and enslaving us. And I'm not in for that. I'm not down for that. I know you're not. You know, that's the great silver lining of the whole thing is the relationships that have been made. There's a there's a unity that's uh, of people coming together um, and they try to make it political. But when you, you know, reflect on events like uh, Defeat the Mandates and you realize how many different people were there from all different backgrounds, I mean, those were beautiful events, the Defeat the Mandates rallies. And most of these rallies, you go to them and you realize, oh, geez, this is so great. It's like a, it's like a unifying hippie love fest to some degree. And then they try to label it a, a MAGA right wing, you know, conspiracy fest. But um, it's, it's always a beautiful thing and it's, it's really great. That is the one great silver lining is all the relationships and, and the unity behind it. Do you have any other upcoming events or concerts that we should know about, or is everything up on your website? We have the, it linked up, of course, five times august.com is the website. Um, mm -hmm. how do people learn more? And there's something called Bandcamp. I'm like, well, I'm look, what is that? Bandcamp? <laughs> So Bandcamp is uh, sort of the alternative to uh, purchasing the digital music outside of Apple Music or um, Spotify or Amazon. If you don't like the big guys, you can go to Bandcamp and it's sort of like a more indie direct way to support the music or the artist. by the digital album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Excellent. So I'm glad I asked. And there's apparel, there's press, there's about contact music videos. Uh, again, are there other events that you are already planning i'm sure people now are inviting you within the health freedom movement like never before yeah it's great um so what we did with the resilience tour actually in uh december we're looking to do that in more countries this year i think i'll be in germany in march for an event and um we're going to bring the resilience tour to texas at the beginning of april and um i think I might be going to Ireland and the UK later too. So there's, you know, I've become a world traveler all of a sudden, which is really exciting. Dude, if you do go to the UK, I definitely want to connect you with Ramis. I mean, he is a man yeah. just of the spirit uh, and it just lets it loose. I just appreciate you guys so much, uh, all that are doing that. So, and if any others come to your mind that we could feature here, that's part of the fun I get to do 
uh, is bring them to a whole new audience as well. And for those that don't know about Five Times August, I can't imagine you don't, but just in case, hey, go check it out. And Silent War, this uh, full-length album you can get in various formats. And um, we're looking forward certainly to the next, uh, you know, next one and uh, seeing you at the uh, Next Steps event as well. And uh, goodness gracious, why not? You know, tap your, your, your feet, dance a little, jam and sing and and find joy in life because what else you know are we here for it's not all about all the intensity we've you know that has indeed brought us together for good better things but at the same time when we come together we find all the wonderful reasons to celebrate life that's absolutely right that's what music's all about that's something that uh i've been kind of disappointed in the artists that have segregated their audiences over the last couple of years that have required you know vaccination or shot or te negative test results or whatever they they split their audience up i think that uh you know we have an opportunity now to bring people back together uh through music you remember the protests about sun city in south africa segregated mm -hmm. audiences it's like mm -hmm. how do they not see that they are promoting segregation right. and, it, and it involves you know people of all colors race religion creeds everything now it's not just one targeted uh pigment or something but it's all the same, just manifesting differently now medically. I, I right. just hard for me to understand how these people that did protest certain things are completely absent when it comes to this. Right. And that's what I mean. I mean, now's now is the time to do it. And I, I do think uh back to what I said earlier, it's a we're at a crossroads now. And it, and I'm gonna be very skeptical of any artists that come forward in the next couple of years once it becomes safe, safe to speak to up come, again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they're all sort of holding their career at the side going like, oh, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Brad, well, keep calling them out and you're welcome here anytime. Uh, if there's somebody that comes out and does something great, we love to spotlight them more than we like to point out those that are doing bad. There's plenty doing bad, but I really like to, to highlight the people, you know, again, kudos to, to those that have stepped up. I mean, we've talked about um, uh, the uh, very talented uh, actor. Uh, what was the guy who was playing with uh, Susan Sarandon? Um, he, they used to be married. Um, oh, right. Uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, right? When he came right. out and said, look, you could tell his sincerity. And like, mm -hmm. my gosh, I fell for it. I went along with it. And then he became more and more horrified by it. And, you know, like the Scott Adams guy, who's the Dilbert creator, the comic book character going, mm -hmm. you know, in his own right, you guys were right. I was wrong. You win. And I don't look at it. I know, I know you don't in that context because, you know, what do we win? It, we're right. Mm -hmm. But what do we win? We're not happy that people are suffering and dying. We're not taking any glee. We're not dancing on the graves of anybody. But there are people on the other side of the equation that seemingly just are seething with rage and anger and hatred. And I'm like, where is that coming from? What what the heck happened to these people? Yeah, well, it's been programmed into them. I mean, I, I called that, you know, you could see it coming a mile away. And I had a whole thread on Twitter for months of, of the... Uh, hostility towards those that didn't want the vax. I mean, some really ugly things were being said, death wishes and everything um, that really, you know, they were echoing, uh, you know, going back to uh, going back to the 40s era of people in the 30s. I mean, and, um, you know, it's, it's a scary thing to see. And so a lot of hostility has happened. I think that we have to at some point be like, what just happened? Let's talk about it. We can't just sort of pretend like we're all going along to get along now. Um, that was pretty, pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Diane says, come on out to Pennsylvania in August, Brad. Well, what's 
tell Diane, tell us what's going on in Pennsylvania. Is there a big health freedom event? I'll come out. I've been there before. I love going out there. There's some good people out there I've met in the health freedom community. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can always drop a line through your website if people are, you know, requesting there's a big yeah. event I'd love for you to be at, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. You can just uh, go to fivetimesaugust.com, and I think it's on the contact page, and you can just shoot me an email, let me know about uh, any events that you're doing. I'd be happy to – I always try to make it work as best I can, um, you know, if it fits in the schedule and everything. So Look from Andrew. Uh, let's say, love your music, Brad. I listen to Silent War daily. You are keeping me sane. Keep it up. That's a nice message. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's like, really nice. Thanks, Andrew. I, I think about the well, you know what we do here, and we, we've heard those messages for many years now. It's you know I tune in and I feel like I'm not crazy. I'm sane. And it's like when you set out to write music, you don't think, yeah, if I can get this music out there, people are going to feel sane again. It's not a thought, but when they say right. that, it's kind of nice, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a partnership, like I said, between, you know, it's kind of an artist-fan partnership where you're helping me keep saying, because I could be writing these songs and putting them out to nobody, feeling like, does anybody mm -hmm. else feel like this? Right. It's, uh, you know, it's great, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're listening to it, and uh, glad it's helped. Yeah, sure. well, thank you all for being here and supporting this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Shout out to all of our friends that watch us at least once a week on uh, writingon.tv. But remember, we're on two hours a day, six days a week. We've got great interviews from the weekend. And, uh, oh, we do have one of those classic questions that you've been asked a million times. But, <laughs> hey, for a new audience, Tia mm -hmm. says, I want to know where the name Five Times August comes from. <laughs> well, Five Times August started uh, in 2001 when I was 18 years old. I was right out of high school. And uh, I needed a band name. I didn't want to go by Brad Schistemus because I thought that uh, who can it say that just, it just couldn't send people to bradschistemus.com without them <laughs> forgetting how to spell it when they typed it in. Yeah. So my birthday was August 5th and it is August 5th. And I just sort of had these different little names written down of like the August five and whatever it was. And I saw I wrote down five times August. I thought it sounded cool. And it just sort of stuck ever since then. It was sort of a time when you had one man band kind mm -hmm. of dudes that were at the forefront, dashboard confessional, nine inch nails. Mm. So I just sort of went with that. And, and here we are 20 years down the road. Dude, I feel cooler just because I know you now. <laughs> well, here we are. You're a buddy. <laughs> All right, Brad, love you. Appreciate you, man. And I can't wait to see you uh, next month already coming up. Uh, join us yeah. at Next Steps Conference. And again, links are uh, in there. And the, there's an upcoming events tab. And I hope that you'll all get the music, download it. Uh, you know, through, maybe it's through that uh, new method we just learned about as well uh, that uh, maybe kind of bypasses some of the big guys we don't want to support so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when the album came out uh, in November, we actually got to the top selling artists or top selling albums on Amazon right next to Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen. I was right in the middle of them at number five. And um, that really spoke to me, not just going cool, my albums on the charts, but look at what we can do. Look at our movement that we can, you know, when we get behind something, how we can sort of punch that culture war in the face. So mm -hmm. it's uh, pretty incredible to see. And I'm, I'm so grateful for everybody uh, who's supporting it. All right, Brad, five times August. Again, welcome here anytime, especially when the next album breaks. I want you on that we can preview that as well. That'll be fun. And we'll see you next month outside of Atlanta at Lake Lanier Islands. All right. See you soon. All right. Thanks, Brad. So appreciative of him and all that he's doing and uh, wish that more artists would step up and, and sing from their heart about, well, I, I think the roots of rock and roll and folk and country even. And yes, reggae. 
uh, protesting, uh, looking to, to do right, to make right. Uh, I appreciate that about the arts when they can do that. But in, in any way, we just enjoy the music, which is a whole lot of fun. Uh, also, in addition, uh, I want to say uh, you know a little bit about my my journey back home yesterday after we uh, ate at uh, that Urban Market, H-E-R-B-A-N, in, in Franklin, Tennessee, which was so amazing, all organic. They do organic pizzas there from scratch. I mean, it's amazing. So we had a nice breakfast. I had a matcha. Super Don, can you show the picture of that matcha tea I had uh, from the, the breakfast yesterday? Uh, hanging out with, uh, well, I never mentioned this lady, Kimberly Overton and the Nurse Freedom Network. Have y'all ever heard of her? She's doing such amazing work, Nurse Freedom Network. And um, Peter McCullough has been very supportive of her. And they interviewed together on a number of, of places. But we were all having breakfast. There it is. Look at that. I looked at that. I'm like, how can I drink that? That was like this pretty leaf and everything that they did with this thing. I'm like, ah, I'm not used to doing that frou-frou kind of drink, but it was lovely. Kind of looks like they, they did some fancy sour cream in your split pea soup. <laughs> That's not what it was, I promise. No? No, it wasn't. Okay. All right. It was great. So, And then we went uh, to <laughs> an event uh, with Kimberly and Kevin and others we met there uh, in, in Franklin. And it was an affidavit signing event about the various things that have occurred during covid and uh, they wanted doctors and nurses and health professionals. There was a naturopath there uh, to sign on and, and video just for evidence, should it be necessary. And it may likely be necessary at one point. And uh, that was put together by, uh, inspired by Christiana Northrup, who uh, did we have Christiana on the, on the radio show this last week? I think we did while we were there. There's so many interviews I did. I can't even keep up with everybody that was on. I think so. Dr. Yes. Northrup was on. And so, so yeah. uh, we were there and this was funny, super Don, uh, I'm just there supporting them. And I, and thanks, God bless you all at natural immunogenics. Cause you sent up, uh, some silver kits and copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper. And so I was able to bring that and give gifts to all the nurses and doctors that came there. And I was so grateful and they were so happy and grateful about it. And oh, it was funny. You know, I talked with Christian Northrup beforehand and, uh, you know, we have a great rapport. She's amazing. And, and she asked me to come up and speak, say a few words. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, I'm game for that. You know, I don't shy away from speaking to, to, to groups of people. But the, she says, and I want you to tell them about your near-death experience. <laughs> like, what? You want me to go there? Yeah, I want you to go there. And, and so I, you know, I told them about, about different aspects of my NDE from many years ago when I was in sixth grade. And then that led to, of course, you know, discussions of fear and spirituality and, and, and connecting to the source of all healing and all of that. And I got to talk a little bit about the silver and copper as well and my kids. And it was pretty cool, but uh, it was a nice opportunity. And again, thank you, Kimberly Overton, for being an amazing host. You cared for both me and uh, Kevin while we were there so we wouldn't get lost. And uh, we, we, were, uh, we were well taken care of. And uh, Kimberly didn't drive because Kevin did, thankfully. But that's another story for another day. She'll have to come on and talk about that. Uh, so anyway, when I was uh, going home, uh, we wanted after the event to run back to the uh, the urban market to grab just one more meal before we head out to catch the plane. And we got there and apparently it closed at three o'clock on Sunday. So I was like, oh, we can't eat. So I may have to fast. I, I didn't want to fast on Sunday after all the stuff we were doing. I was in the eating mode and but I got to the at the airport and I'm like checking out what's possible. And they have little, you know, those those little food places, snacks, like organic snacks, prepackaged snacks. So I did get some uh, organic figs, dried figs and organic apricots, which was nice. And and yet I was like, you know, I was hungry. I saw there was a sushi place. 
And so I could get some uh, raw sashimi, you know, the sashimi, they call it, uh, some some wild salmon, some tuna. And I, I know there's mercury in it, but I had selenium with me. But here's what I did because there was also the rice on it. And normally I wouldn't have done this, but I tested this out thanks to Judy Mikovits. I'm holding up right now for those of you watching NRDMG, the Advanced Immune Support from Nutritional Frontiers. We've talked about this, uh, um, the NN dimethylglycine, DMG. And I talked about this with Judy Mikovits, who we just had on the show yesterday, I believe it aired. And so I put this to the test and I had no negative repercussions from having that sushi at all with the sushi rice. I'm just saying if there was glyphosate on it, I just took one of these uh, DMG lozenges and I took one before and one after, and it looks like this. And I'm saying, dude, you guys got to make this part of your daily regimen. Cause even, you know, if you're clean and pure like I am, but even if you're not, or you can't control for everything, this is a, a great strategy that uh, hats off to Nutritional Frontiers, Jamie Dorley, Joe Messino, and the gang. Enter DMG, get it 15% off. RSB 15 always gets you that 15% off. Also, shout out to my friends at Cardio Miracle, helping so many with that nitric oxide sustenance. I talked with Peter McCullough a little bit about that as well, off the air and other things. Um, there's great rapport and relationships building when we can communicate one-on-one -on -one about our experience. And, uh, Peter McCullough says he's going to invite me on his show, which is, I said, Peter, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your show, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to have you on my show. So we'll see when that happens. That could be quite shocking for his audience. Uh, we'll find out when that happens. So that's kind of cool as well, but that's the developing of the rapport over time. And we communicate with one another. We learn from one another. We teach, we know things that each of us don't know. And we come together, we learn from each other. And I love that about the opportunities we have together. Uh, uh, let's see what other shouts out do I need to make super Don, in the 40 seconds we have left while we're on brighton.tv before we go to bonus round crave Maybe. kicker. Oh yeah. Crave kicker RSB 15, 15% off. You want to quit your addictions, smoking, vaping, nicotine, K R A V E kicker.com RSB 15. That discount code is still working 15% off. This stuff's awesome. You want to help somebody that really wants to quit. It'll take that physiological craving and kick it's, you know what? CraveKicker.com as well. Also, Folium PX. My mom is doing great on that. F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com, the three-pronged approach. She went out dancing again after a couple of years of not being able to do it. God bless you, Babry, and FoliumPX.com, and the power to heal is yours. I just couldn't resist. I saw this comment from Diane. She says, Great show. Now I see what all the fuss was. <laughs> <laughs> the fuss. I didn't know we had a fuss out there. We, we probably we have arrived. There's a fuss about us. There's a fuss about us. There you well, go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's about time the fuss got about us. Anyway, thanks, uh, Diane. I'm glad you're here. In the Diane, and Diane, by the way, first time listener mm -hmm. um, and now a fan of the show, she said. Yay. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. And, and it, for all of y'all that are new. Uh, you have an opportunity to step it up if you feel so inclined. You don't have to. We love that you just share the show. God bless you for doing that because you, Lord knows there's a lot of people trying to stop the show from growing. After 24 years, they're not going to win, but we're still going to go for it. All but right. the uh, patron supporters out there, you have access yes. to amazing things this week. Man, some interviews. That are I, will get, I will get, uh, I will try and get all of those, those interviews that you did over at the Reawaken Tour uploaded mm -hmm. this evening. Yeah. If I don't, I'll get some of them maybe this evening and the rest of them tomorrow. But if you are a patron supporter, log in. Uh, just just play it safe. Just log in tomorrow. Yeah. And there'll be some new content in there for you. 
Yeah. So uh, Kimberly Overton, whoever she is from the Nurse Freedom Network, she says, thanks for the shout out, Robert Scott Bell. And for not ragging on my musical choices. I saw that. So now I got to ask. I mean, listen, you brought it up, Kimberly. I mean, we could have just totally just not even known anything about what you're talking about. So, But but since you brought it up, what is she talking about? First of all, there's no pleasing Kevin Tuttle with music choice. I'm sorry. It's just like, unless you play REO Speedwagon, he's, he's out. Well, the Eagles. He likes the Eagles, too. But no yes. I mean, and so Kimberly was like, hey, let me throw some music from her playlist. And at a certain point, um, it was like, you remember this? Yeah, that's that's like elevator music, isn't it? Well, Chuck Mangione. You remember that? The horn guy? Yeah. In the 70s? So she's playing that. And I think. I mean, that's uh, nice music. I mean, there's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, Kevin's ears were bleeding. It was like not oh. a it's not happening and uh i was just laughing really you know i know the, all that music but it's not like something i go yeah i want to listen to some chuck mangione today <laughs> i'm thinking no five times august yes uh hmm. but uh you know again not to diss on chuck mangione but uh anyway it was just very funny we had some fun with that just a lot of laughter um <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh yes we had a great time yes kevin is picky leslie knows that yes uh, there's next step for nurses, Tia reminds us of. And, of course, Kimberly and, and uh, uh, Tia are working on this. Uh, I think it's a day early, the 21st. Uh, all y'all that nursing, uh, please come in a day early and be part of the uh, the Next Steps conference for nurses as well. And stay for the entire event. Please do. Uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, this is bonus time. We do this after... Uh, well, let me explain for our new listeners, uh, including... Um, well, who's there? Is it uh, Diane? Yes. So we've, you know, we started this show on radio and we still have one foot in radio or one toe in radio on Sundays with GCN. Uh, and also we have our friends on UK health radio that picked us up when they started UK health radio. And so they have kind of a clock that we have to adhere to certain amount within two hours of time. So we pretty much allotted that as our baseline you know, which goes till about an hour and 55 from when we start. So about 55 minutes after the second hour that we break for UK health radio purpose, primarily Monday through Friday. And then we do what's known as a bonus round where it's a little looser, a little loosey goosey in terms of coverage. It's interacting with you all more directly in the chat rooms live and, or things we might've forgotten or not gotten to during the show to pick up or questions of the day. In fact, there was one uh, question of the day that I didn't get to, uh, I think I, look, I had a great time interviewing, uh, Brad from five times August guy. Uh, and I, you know, I tried to get to, to it, but I, I think we can do that in the bonus round, super Don, unless you say otherwise, uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. Question of the day. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, go full screen so I can read it. What do you think? I, it's tiny, it's a little tiny, tiny writing there. Getting there it is. John, how much selenium should I take daily? Okay. Well, I'm not a one size fits all kind of guy. But I recognize across the board the mineral deficiencies that have been made basically ubiquitous because of chemical agriculture since World War II, artificial fertilizers, and then add to the mess pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, then add to the mess processing of foods, ultra-processing of foods, and ripping out what little minerals are left in the foods. And the classic example, John, with a question like yours is, Selenium, can I just eat a few Brazil nuts every day and be good to go? 
No. The same thing with all minerals is true of selenium in that when they first started analyzing the soils and the food grown in those soils for selenium content and said, my gosh, these Brazil nuts have loads of, you know, what name the uh, microgram quantity years ago, that they, decades ago. And people think, well, it's the same today. It's not. And so it's a fraction of what it once was. And so selenium, what are our needs? Now, some of the scientific support, we go back to um, my frequent guest, no longer with us, unfortunately, uh, not a not a doc, Chris Barr, and his studies on selenium. When, and and re, this has become an annual tradition. We replay the selenium <laughs> spectacular, <coughs> excuse me, on Christmas. And his book on selenium, and he's got a book on chromium that you can get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And when you when you go there to get all the 100% whole food supplements, including the selenium we use, you use the code RSB5 to get a little discount. And I included, he graciously said, yes, please do, put into the Unlock the Power to Heal book uh, information on, on the whole food minerals like selenium in, in the book. Now in it, and we talked about this uh, from an experiential and clinical perspective, as well as a you know a peer-reviewed article perspective. The need for these minerals, but the recognition that our bodies are designed to absorb them, primarily in a food state. In other words, that it is it is grown in or as food, so that when you take it, even in a pill form, it's in the form you would find it in the the nuts or in the vegetables or in the you know whatever you're eating. And and so our deference would be to whenever possible. 100% whole food nutritional supplementation. And based on that, you know, it's like I'm not d- recommending sodium selenite isolate, for instance. It's like a, a synthetic amino acid chelate, for instance, in a sense, right? We have chelated forms of minerals. And although they try to mimic the natural world, they're never as efficient as they would be as if we got them through food. Now, what do I take, John? I can tell you that. At bare minimum, I attempt to take three 50 microgram tablets of the innate response selenium that I get from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com three times a day, which is equivocal equivocates to 450 micrograms a day. I like to target that. Although I realize because I don't eat typically three meals a day, I don't think about it. Not that I have to take it with food because it is food, but you think about it at that time. So I typically take three tablets twice a day. So I'm getting 300 micrograms of selenium in me every day. And I try to get 450. Whereas if I am under the weather or challenged, I might do four of those tablets. That's 200 micrograms four times a day, which is equivalent to what 800 micrograms. And those who have suffered with cancers, cancer diagnoses, uh, may have been benefited by going up to a thousand to 1200 micrograms of 100% whole food form of selenium. Now, there are doctors in this audience that might be going, whoa, 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 Robert, you're telling people to take dangerous amounts of selenium because they're afraid, oh, isn't selenium toxic? But they never go back to the original studies to acknowledge what we've covered on this show many times over the years with Chris and more, that the form of selenium that was tested to achieve toxicity were synthetic isolates, were man-made versions, alterations of what we would call a natural form of selenium, but not found in food, but now made by man. And in that sense, the body cannot utilize it appropriately, may absorb it, assimilate it, but not fully be able to engage, bind it, and then ultimately excrete it once it's used. And so it can accumulate. Yet the toxic effects of that selenium, even that, are short-lived when you stop the inflow. Eventually the body can catch up and you can do other things to help facilitate the removal, including 
the homeopathic form of selenium that can trigger, you know, the body to act against or with it more appropriately. So to answer your question, John, I cannot say how much you should take daily, but I wanted to relate to you how much I take daily, depending on the circumstances. So anybody has uh, some more uh, questions about that? Please let me know. Yes. And that's on top of what's already in Cardio Miracle. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. That was a uh, uh, Christy is asking about that. I saw another Cardio Miracle thing. Who was that from? They add a, a few things in addition to. I'm going to scroll back up, see if I can find it. Oh, Steve says he's been adding the DMG that we talk about, the DMG, as well as EDTA, taurine, borax, zinc, orotate, copper sulfate, iodine, and sometimes NAC to his Cardio Miracle beverage. Well, if you're getting good results, Steve, I'm not going to argue. Uh, I am obviously been, you know, pro- big proponent of this form of copper because most of the copper is very bound like copper sulfate supplements. It's not food. Now I also take, um, the desiccator. How would you call it? The dried liver extract from grass fed, you know, cows, for instance, clean sourced to also get additional dietary copper in me. In addition to taking a tablespoon, one, two or three or more times a day of the sovereign copper. But because the sovereign copper is in the copper one, copper two form already, it's instant. There's no waiting. There's no breakdown for assimilation. It's across the mucosal barrier anywhere in the mouth or the entire GI tract. So you have the ability with micrograms of copper to achieve far greater benefit with far less. So for those that are afraid of copper, oh, I don't want to take too much. I think that's, again, an over overblown fear as well. Uh, we can now do the sovereign copper every day and do wondrous things, including its ability to be an antifungal and antiparasitic. Interestingly enough, that's a good thing. A lot of people are uh, rife with parasites as well. So let's see. Uh, Diane wants to know a little bit about more Judy Mikovits. Also, Tracy Straup and others um, you know, from Nutritional Frontiers have been talking about the dimethylglycine. And um, this is also based partly on the work of Stephanie Seneff out of MIT. She's been talking about the danger of glyphosate the glyphosate punching holes literally in your gut because it displaces the glycine, you know, the receptors for glycine and diminishes the connective tissue integrity. And a lot of what we've talked about here on this show for years, in fact, is how do we restore integrity to self, to the connective tissue? And a, and a big focus has been for many years is silicon or silica that I use and recommend still every day, the Alta silica, Alta Health product, silica product, because it's a tableted form of a whole food concentration of the mineral silica that you couldn't get by eating horsetail because there's other things in there that wouldn't be good for you. And so I still do that. But the addition of understanding how copper plays a critical role in connective tissue integrity and repair, and with everybody pretty much overdosing on zinc and vitamin C in the absence of copper, depleting their copper stores even more, considering that copper has been reduced in presence in the soils by a, almost 80% since they first started testing the soils for copper and other minerals. It's the, the worst of all diminishments of all the minerals, copper, almost 80%. So we begin to understand why it's critically important. And so with Senef acknowledging the role of glyphosate, diminishing connective tissue integrity of the gut, hitting DMG to counteract that is going to be another part of the strategy in recovery and in maintenance, because even if you eat all organic, like I do, there's still exposure to glyphosate. I know that, but I'm trying my best to minimize that exposure. In fact, one of the articles today, Super Don, wasn't it about exposure to something? 
Let me see if I got this. Yes, here we go. Bring this article up. This was in the in the show notes today from The Guardian. We didn't get to it. A study measured glyphosate in urine and found high levels associated with signs of oxidative stress. So we know in addition to the direct impact, it's also increasing all levels of oxidative stress and damage in the body. Simply because now you have access to things that shouldn't get to areas of the body, creating more inflammatory responses. New research by top U.S. government scientists have found that people exposed to the widely used weed killer chemical glyphosate have biomarkers in their urine linked to the development of cancer and other diseases. We've got to counteract that. Of course, selenium plays a role. Uh, We now talk about the DMG. We talk about silica. Why? Connective tissue restoration. All of the antioxidants are critical. Cardio miracle, nitric oxide, and that, of course, counteracts the peroxynitrite as well. That's a, a dangerous free radical. Drinking hydrogen water, echo water, you know, the echo water units we get from Paul Baratero, that's also important, facilitating water becoming a powerful antioxidant for us. So, And I, I want to point something out in this study. And, yeah. and you know, this, this is just a, another example mm-hmm. of... I told you so, right? Yeah. I mean, how long have people been talking about this and they've been, oh, those crazy mm-hmm. hippie tree hugger, you know, people and, and stuff, you know, the, the whole glyphosate and, you know, the guy, I can drink a quart of it and it won't hurt me, Yeah, right? Yeah, the authors of this paper that was published, 10 scientists with the NIH and two from the CDC. This was not done by five guys in their backyard, um, you know, after reading natural news or something. I mean, it's like we're we're talking about the NIH and the CDC. How do you, how do you uh, dispute this at this point? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to put your head in a glass of glyphosate and drink it, which the guy who said it was safe wouldn't do that. By the way, you want to learn more about this and so much else. Nutritional frontiers is hosting us at a body, mind, soul restoration retreat, Clearwater, Florida, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd a weekend in sunny Florida to relax, reset, and recharge. And I invite you to, it's going to sell out. I see it. The, the website is up again, Super Don. Like last week, I don't know what went down, but it's there. And boy, oh boy, you're going to learn about this and a whole lot more together for three days. Come on. You you know you want to. We got uh, Jamie Dorley, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Tracy Strout. It's going to be an amazing weekend. So please, please, please join us there if you can. Uh, and we'll, we're going to do a lot. We're going to have a lot of fun. So what else we got going on here in bonus round? I don't know. I got about 12 grandkids showing up here in about five minutes. Really? So we're going to have to cut out. <laughs> I just got the, I just got the warning call from the memo? wife. <laughs> She's okay. like, just when you let you know, we're about five minutes away. And I'm like, who? Mm-hmm. It's like me and the grandkids. I'm like, oh, well, we're in bonus time. So it's okay. Yeah. So, anyway. so the point is, no, don't give up and, and put your hands in the air and go, I can't do it because it's too much. It's everywhere. Every little bit you take into account to counteract, you're going to be paid full a uh, thousand fold back. That's what I've experienced in my lifetime. God doesn't want you to play victim. I believe that, you know, we have been given all of these things and people are in, innovating, developing these things so that we can live in, in the midst of this crazy, toxic, polluted time. And thrive even in the midst of it and of course do better as we know better and correct the error of our ways but not just like oh again we are asked to do that which was within our power to do and i I grant you i can't stop glyphosate from being used tomorrow and none of us can but we can certainly reduce do our part to reduce it and communicate to others until finally we're like we're over it it's done 
Nobody wants it. Nobody will use it. So uh, please, for the sake of those kids or those grandkids, Super Don's going to see in just a few minutes, <laughs> you know. So what do we do to counteract the toxicity? That's what we talk about, Diane. We can't do it all in one show, but this is the whole history of the Robert Scapel show has been about that, living in the midst of all of this. And thriving. Well, Robert, we've, and, and you know what? I've asked the same question, yeah. you know, it's, and I get so frustrated because it's, it seems like you know, study after study comes out and it's like, well, whoa, whoops, hey, guess what? It turns out that this thing that everybody's been using for the last 50 years is toxic and bad for you. And then another one comes out. Oh, by the way, uh, well, what was it? It was the other day we mm -hmm. covered a story and it was a, 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 a survey that had been done. And they found that if you picked up your fishing pole, hiked 30 miles into the wilderness yeah. and caught a fish and ate the fish, a freshwater fish, mm -hmm. that it was the same as drinking a PFA uh, contaminated water for 30 days it was the same level yeah. of toxicity i'm just like have yeah. we really reached the point on this planet mm -hmm. that now you cannot just run out to some freshwater lake hit your fish and eat it without it being toxic that yeah. is sad that is and i don't understand how people could be like or just whatever it just goes over their head and they don't think about it whatever yeah but i mean that's where we're at at this point it used to be i thought mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it was like, listen, the way that you eat clean is you go out and you catch your own food. You fish, right? Go fish in a, in, in a pristine lake somewhere. Well, it turns out that water's not pristine anymore. That's where we're at. So at that's why we strategize, we talk, we discuss, whether from the scientific literature or clinical experience, what do we do to navigate this? Kind of like I just It's like it has to be like a daily routine now. Yeah, exactly. You cannot just wait and do it January every year. Uh, the point is... <laughs> By the way, for those who are new, uh, like Diane, there's a group on Facebook that's still available, not a nurse and not a doc. You have to be welcomed in, but it's all about 100% whole food nutrition. They don't put up any, any synthetic nonsense, even though you might not know it's nonsense yet. Just be there to learn, and you will learn the things that we do, have done, and apply here to help you navigate you know, very inevitably dangerous and toxic world and still be okay. Look, I've overcome 24 years of chronic disease from zero to age 24. Now in my mid fifties, I'm still claiming mid super Don. Don't say anything. Uh, I'm able to do things I couldn't do in my twenties and I'm running circles around some of the people in their thirties and twenties at the gym because of what I do, despite the fact that I'm in the same toxic world we are all living in, but I've made better choices than I knew to make, even though nothing's perfect. But if you let that be, well, I'm not going to do anything. Well, okay. You know, you're going down that hospital route. You don't want to go down. So uh, taking these steps now is, uh, is ocean fish still okay, mom? Yes, I'll still eat ocean fish. Like I said, I had wild caught ocean fish sushi. And I, what did I do? I also know that, yes, there are mer there's mercury there. So what do I do? I increased the intake of um, selenium at the same time, my whole food selenium. And or I remember years ago, our buddy Mike Adams found out, and this was known by some, that the little stringy things in strawberries will bind to mercury. So if you eat a high mercury-containing fish, eat organic strawberries, not commercially grown, organic, and that will also bind within the gut the mercury and carry it right through. So there are strategies so we can still eat things and not be uh, dangerously destroyed by them is the point. What else we got? Michael Bolden, he coming up Friday. Did we come up with an official name? for a billboard no not yet I, I i think it's just gonna be michael bolden yeah 
at this point, but we'll we'll have some fun with it. I got to work well, on that. I, that doesn't do Michael then. Bolden justice to Michael Bolden. I hear that they're coming. I hear the dog coming. Yes. So we got we got Elvis has off. entered the building. Yes. We're starting to have fun, and we got to sign off. All right. Well, real quick, what do we got going coming up this week? I'm going to look at the calendar, see if anything. Uh, Ishmael Perez, Doctor Krishna from the party. <laughs> you can pause. You actually, you can mute yourself while I say this. Um, we got Marie Percival coming up, Daniel Baker coming up, Jennifer Bridges. Where else, uh, this week you got to look at Friday. They've overbooked Friday, Tucker Goodrich as well. So you're going to have to fix that for Friday for Bolden. Fix what? Friday. Fix Friday. Yeah. Check it what's, out. What's wrong with Friday? It's overbooked. We got Bolden, it's, and, and that's not listed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to be on, if you remember, he was supposed to be on last Friday, and then he, like. Oh, well, I, it was me because of travel. So, all right. We'll figure something out. All right. So, with that, God bless y'all. Thank you for being here. Young, old, rich, poor, great, small, God's children all, God's children all. You know that? Uh, we'll be back, God willing, tomorrow, less than 22 hours from now. Okay? Have fun with the grandbabies. They're not all babies anymore. No, they're getting big. Thanks Autumn's, for sharing Autumn's six months already. Dude. All right. And become a patron so you can plug in the, the Peter McCullough interview right away. You won't have to wait till Sunday because it's super going to work on it today. Okay. In the midst of the grandkids. Have a good afternoon, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys.